People, welcome to episode, oh, episode seven of Joe Talks, the hunt for the greatest movie ever. Uh, I hope you're all having a wonderful week. Well, since it's Monday, when this has been released, I hope you're having a great Monday. But if you listen to this on a Sunday, I hope your week was excellent. And if you listen to this on a Monday, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Anytime in the middle, good for you for listening. Thanks so much. <laughs> I'm really excited about this episode recorded a couple of weeks back. With uh, Alicia Gerard, actor, teacher, writer, um, producer, uh, all round wonderful person. And um, we were discussing Shakespeare in Love, uh, The English Patient and Titanic, ranking them from the least favourite to the most favourite. But also talking about our, our history together when we um, started, we we were we started off at the same time we started at the same college and did um, our first ever like full length plays together because I think both of us had just kind of done musicals beforehand so we like we chat a bit about that and chat a bit about our, our favorite films as well at the same time so wherever you listen to this I hope you're having a great day as I said um and please help the channel grow by sharing the sharing it across social medias and giving us a nice review and following us whatever it works on your streaming service that you're listening to us on please help us out by doing that um, but on to the show now so whether you're listening in Minnesota Madagascar or my years is there an, is it 10 wait no yeah 20 i think it's 10 and a half i think it, it is be, i think it might be more joe no it's not more i'm telling you it's not more we did yes because my 21st i that's when i started balali a couple of months before that and i'm turning 31 in um in two weeks so um or in like a couple of weeks i'm 31 now when anyone's recording so when i'm listening when anyone's listening whoever listening now is i'm currently 31 but right now i'm enjoying my final few weeks of being 30 so you were at my 21st and we only knew each other a couple of months and we were doing thomas of woodstock in in um in the civic in tala yes and we we all went afterwards and you were there and that was i i yeah and you remember you were green (laughs) remember you were green You played. Yeah, it was so. It was so funny. We, um, Alicia played. (laughs) It was this insane version. It's it's Thomas Woodstock or Richard the Second Part One. I think was either either titles, right? Really old medieval play, um, about six or about seven hundred years old, prior to Shakespeare, and um, and the director Neil Jordan or Niall as he spelled he spells it Niall, but he calls himself Neil. Hated the play so much it was assigned to him, so he made it into this complete and utter lunacy right it was and that was it was great crack to do it was hard to wrap your head around like coming into like i had not done, I had done mostly musicals but like going into doing this and neil the character lisi was cast as was i think herbert or henry sir henry green sir henry green yes yeah and what i still have it on a dvd can i just say somewhere oh. God, we have we're okay. I'm gonna make sure we're gonna clip a section. I know it's actually gonna clip as well. We're gonna set uh, clip a section from it, and we're gonna put it on the on Instagram when we're when your week is up for this week. But um, Alicia, what was Neil's phenomenal idea for your costume? Since your name was Sir Henry Green, oh, just to wear a one piece um, 
uh, what was it? What was it? Like a nylon type yeah. suit, one piece suit that was spray painted green. Um, my hair at the time, oh, my hair at the time was in a pixie cut, white blonde. Uh, yeah, perks of being a ginger in secondary yeah. school, you know. Thinking, was your face not green as well? My face was green, yes. And uh, I had uh, like black, you know, eyeliner and all this sort of. I had green lipstick. I remember actually getting the Lewis home each night and being scared for my life coming back from Tala, like with green still in my hair, all over my face. I tried to wipe it away, but it was like clumped behind the ears and sort of, yeah, it was, what a time. I don't think I don't think Adina Menzel had to do that every night after Wicked get to, get to Subway Home. I think she was a bit more taken care of. But that that's what we do for the love of art, and we'll make sure we'll we'll clip that. We'll, we'll I I think I know what section to do. Either we did a dance, and it's also oh my god, I remember I I had to <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you choreographed that. Um, but I also remember I th- I was trying to figure out what this was in my head. I had <laughs> you got decapitated. You got to cap. I'm doing. 20 years you got decapitated your character got decapitated and and it was the and then your head got thrown out but it was just a green ball it was a football that I stuck you know because obviously we had to wear on like stuff so I had painted it drawn eyes on it and this tuft of hair onto it and someone who threw it out I'd love to know I, I can remember but I had to kiss it every night I had to passionately make out with it every single night you know it might explain a lot of things so I'd say that ball's been touched by many feet Joe but yeah but including my tongue um, <laughs> I really went for it I thought I was going to get an Oscar for it. I thought I was going to get an Oscar for it. Yeah, but Alicia, uh, that's that's <laughs> that was not the first play. It was actually the second play myself and Alicia did together, and that was one of my favorite memories. Actually, okay. was doing that play. Yeah. yeah, Alicia, growing up, you well, you've um, you've been in many films and and written many things and stuff like that. But growing up as a child, when you were uh, younger than you are today, as the Beatles would say, what was your favorite film? So my favourite film and one I actually, funnily enough, watched again, um, was it yesterday or the day before? Days just amalgamate into one another now. Mm -hmm. Um, Was Matilda, Goldal's Matilda. That is a great show. That's, I, um, yeah, I I love, I I haven't seen that film in years. It was actually on TV about a week or two ago. Um, I remember it was just, it was on like the big, big movie and I was in work. And um, sorry, the big, big movie for anyone listening outside of Ireland, we were shown a movie every Saturday at half six. And uh, it's called The Big, Big Movie because that's no one. It, we didn't have, we only had four channels growing up. And, you know, there was a movie on Wednesday nights and there was movies on Saturday afternoons. And that was, that's what we got. But that showed up and I, I was like, this movie is absolutely exceptional. Also, it's a musical as well. Written, uh, Tim Minchin wrote the music for it. But um, I remember as well, do you remember like a couple of, it was about a year ago or something like that. There was a trend going around of people doing the Matilda point or whatever you want. What, do you know where she goes around with like the camera? Oh, yeah, the point. Oh, that is yeah. like, yeah, groundbreaking. Yeah. And people doing it. And do you remember where you saw it first? Oh, it was in my house. I lived in a house in, in, in Gory Town. Um, that's where I grew up, Gory and Wexford, for anyone who listening yeah so and I remember seeing it on the television and I actually I copied her I used to get a ribbon and everything you know I used to put the ribbon in my hair and I used to I had a little I had a little pull along um 
like trailer, like a mini one. And I, I had a library nearby. I was actually a, a member of the library. And I used to go with that, trying to copy her to put books oh. in. <laughs> in the <middle> of trailer. <laughs> yeah, so I just thought she was awesome. You know, I used to like stare at things and be like, maybe if Matilda can do what I can do, what I must have been about seven or eight, I think, at yeah. the time. Yeah, so it was really, a really... Um, yeah, it really resonated with me when I was that young. I think with all kids, you know. Mm. Mm. Now, I think, I mean, uh, in my teaching years, um, yeah. last year, the year before, the kids that I used to teach, they used to be obsessed with Matilda, you know, even yeah. now. So it's one that's made it through and it's still very, very prominent, you know. It's, yeah. it's a really, really it is timeless. Uh, like, what I love about the film as well, like, Danny DeVito obviously plays, the, I guess, the bad, yeah, you want to say the bad guy, the dad. He's oh, an yeah. awful man. But he's also narrated, he also directed it. Yeah. Uh, as well and like I that's I love Danny DeVito anyone who exists should love Danny DeVito but I remember wait I had a point I had a point I am pointing now Danny DeVito Matilda oh yeah um, for the fact that it doesn't use CGI it's all practical effects um, mm-hmm. which they did uh, which means that no matter when it's been shown it, it'll always be timeless like there's no dodgy CGI which kind of takes you out of for a second you keep mm-hmm. you kept uh, sucked in and she's also I guess I guess she, could you put her down as maybe the first female superhero put the screen, like a, a cinema, you know? You could say that. You could say that. And then it's actually in later years watching it, I was like, yeah, that definitely classes as a superhero film. Like it what? Totally that, that, it definitely is. Like I, I don't want to. At the end, she puts her. It says like uh, you know uh, when Danny DeVito's uh, narrating, he's like, and she never had to use her powers again, except for certain things or whatever. And you know the the Moby Dick book just comes off the shelf, like, and you're like, come on now, there's way more you can do with that now. Come <laughs> yeah. I know they're like a lovely wholesome family now, but like you know, rob a bank or two. Just, just, just one. Yeah, good luck. Just a little bit of dirt. Peek in the window, you know. And yeah, and yeah, just. And then, just I know it's very mean of them. I think I love my favorite scene that sticks out to me in that actually is um, speaking of we're going to be talking about favorite scenes later as well. I love the scene when they're doing the multiple timetables and she's just immediately getting the answer every time because I love the actor I remember hating her when I was younger because she's so so nervous and like the teacher Miss Polly Miss Molly what's her name can you remember Miss Honey Miss Honey Miss yes Honey. I see. and she's so timid and stuff like that and I was like oh she's so annoying but then you see when you're older she's like that's such an amazing performance because you can understand why she's like that and you're just like yeah. oh I love that scene I love 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 that scene uh, she was in Miss Mission Impossible she was in Miss Mission Impossible as well yeah I think so one of them I, I wouldn't be a massive fan hmm. of that series but she was yeah and she was real badass I think I will I will not lie um, for anyone and uh, that won't begin now I have never seen a Mission Impossible movie well that's Joe I am in the same boat as you with very yeah. very big films people come to me and go you haven't seen it you haven't seen what you haven't seen that I'm like, yeah. it's What's gone a- on the list <laughs> yeah on oh, this never ending list <laughs> what, what- yeah. <laughs> what is the uh, the best film you've never seen? Can you think of, like you know, one that's won every, yeah, won everything, blah, like iconic, but you've never seen it. Uh, ooh, there are a few of those. I think The Godfather. Okay, yeah, I know. Even you're making that face because what happened was, yeah, uh, I went to watch that on Netflix when I was babysitting one time, and I was like, oh, this is great now. Watch this. Well, the sound quality was really bad. Like, I don't know why. It was Netflix I was watching it on. And then it just, 
made me feel really weird as well because uh well obviously I was I was interrupted by like children waking up in the night and things like that so I was like okay I'll put yeah. this off I got to this horse scene the weird horse <laughs> the horse in the bed scene one of the most iconic scenes in cinema history yeah <laughs> the, the horse scene. I was like, this is so strange and then like I had to go see to it and I was like you know this is not the time for the godfather but the time never arose again so this is one now that I have to go at the very top of the long, long, long list. Of the never-ending list, yeah. I'll be looked at like I've 10 heads just like you did just now again. Yeah, there's lucky that you guys can't see this. I just gave I, a look of utter dismay is what I gave. I think the best film I have never seen, actually one of them is going to be mentioned soon enough. It's not one of the three films, obviously, I've watched them three. Lawrence of Arabia. I've never seen Lawrence of Arabia. That's, um, you haven't seen it either, have you? Uh, I, okay, and there's loads more I haven't seen as well. I'm sure, but Lawrence I'm Arabia. Head as well, so I'm very like, you know, I kind of like stick to the kind of like these guys, and I really want to. It's it, going back and watching like older films or more yeah. critically. It's something I really want to do. Like even when um, uh, like the birds came to the lighthouse and mm. uh, you know, and uh, rearview window and all that. Like I was like, oh, this is great. Like you know, if I actually sit down and look at these films that are years old, you know, I'm delighted. Love watching them. Like you know. But um, it's just finding time as an adult then, you know? I can agree with you. I think it's it's so much harder to do it when, like, you... Like, for, for example, with the cinema, with stuff like that, when, when they're doing The Lighthouse, which is fantastic. It's so easy because you... Well, easier you can be like, oh, it's in three weeks' time. It's a Wednesday at 8 o'clock. I'll book my tickets now, and I know I'm definitely going to see that film. It's a whole do event, I, you know, you're committing yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. And do you want to know, actually, a, a really good story about a, when a, watching, like, an old film like that in the cinema... Dylan, Dylan Jones, who Alicia knows, and Dylan does, uh, has the music. Um, for... Dylan was in that crazy play. Oh, Dylan was also in the crazy play. He was in the crazy play yeah. as well, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. He was in Thomas and Woodstock slash Richard II. I can't remember who he played. And he also did the music for this at the top at the end. And like that. So credit to Dylan. But myself and Dan Monaghan, uh, another mate of mine, uh, mate of Dan, we were, uh, we were going to see Wizard of Oz. Okay. But what actually we did was, is that we snuck... We got Dylan in, and myself and Dan knew this. Dylan didn't know that we were actually seeing Reservoir Dogs. And he was setting up all day. He was, he'd never seen Reservoir Dogs. He was so excited to see Wizard of Oz in the cinema. Um, for whatever reason, I didn't, I didn't think he was that big of a fan. And it, we sat down, and then it just came, because there was no trailers, there was no anything beforehand. It just came up, Reservoir Dogs. Everyone went, woo! And he just turned to us, like, shaking, going, I'm not prepared for this. Uh, <laughs> you know, I caught wind of this story. I thought story. I didn't know what it was that you went to see, but I knew there was an event that was um, put upon Dylan that was not I, desired. Oh, there was another one actually as well. I was trying to think if you were a, par- a party of this, but you weren't. <laughs> on Valentine's Day, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I was bringing my girlfriend at the time um, to see Moulin Rouge. Uh, in the cinema in Cineworld but without telling her all the lads had brought come together myself Dylan Dan and who was the last one there was one more person oh Sean Sean Basil Crawford from the very first episode we all said let's all go to see uh, Moulin Rouge together and not tell our girlfriends that we're all going to go see it together and then just arrive and be like ah and they didn't find it funny they didn't find it funny 
at all. Um, it did not go. No, they were very annoyed at us for organizing that. And we were like, hey, it's funny. Get it. We're all going to see this. And we're all... They weren't happy. Um, out of all those relationships, none are left standing. I think some have been revisited, but you know, some lasted longer than others, you know, but some kind of finished not long after that. I think that was the final, the final screw in or whatever. Uh, so don't do that if you're listening. If you're thinking about doing something for Valentine's Day, like sleep with her sister, don't bring her to see Moulin Rouge with all your friends. <laughs> so. <laughs> so Alicia, I gave you the bracket 1997 to 1999, which include The English Patient, Shakespeare in Love, and Titanic. Before we go into the nitty gritty, when you were ranking these from third to first, did you find it a difficult process or was it fairly straightforward or or what it way did so it go? Difficult. It was so difficult, mainly because in general, I, I'm not a huge fan of romance films. Mm-hmm. I'm just not like I I don't mind if there's a romance happening alongside the bigger thing, you know? Yes. But when it's yeah, when it's all sort of romancy romance, I don't know, I just find it a little bit like ugh, overwhelming or I don't know what it is. I mean, yeah. there's there's the odd few that I really love and enjoy, but I'm very selective just like I'm about comedy. So, mm. uh yeah, it was all three are love stories, you know what I mean? Like of course there's there is other stuff going on, but they're primarily yeah. stories. Yeah. Until you actually, until in this, I actually didn't realize that until you just said it there. It was like, you know, like romance films. I was like, oh my God, these are all really heavily romance. Like I would say like three brackets of romance. I genuinely, I won't lie. I was not looking forward to watching these films. I yeah. really, really wasn't. And we'll go into detail of that very, very shortly. But the main reason was they're so fucking long. Like, yeah. Even uh, Shakespeare in Love isn't it's like two hours and 15. That's too long, first of all. But then Titanic and English Patient are, are three hours and a bit. But when you're like, you're that's such a, that's such an investment on you to sit down and watch it. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, so I, I, I wasn't as much looking forward to, to watching these films. But in the same way, it's better than actually doing something. So, yeah. You know, it's something. I'm terrible for it. Like, I'm the kind of person, this is one of the reasons why I haven't seen as many mm. movies as I should have. I yeah. like doing, like, I like, you know, moving around and doing things. I find yeah. it really hard to sort of sit, unless it's like, you know, a series or something where I'm tricked into believing I'm watching something short and then I've watched six episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's also in the cinema as well. It's easier to watch these films because you're in a you're like your focus has to be on the cinema. There's etiquettes, rules you have to follow, and uh, you're comfortable. You're like, this is me setting up for the next three hours. But when you're at home, like you can just there's stuff going on. You can like look at your phone, blah blah, blah blah blah. Yeah, like you're not. It's not as secure an environment, so it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not the easiest place to watch something, especially when like you're you're sitting back eating Doritos and watching Ray Fiennes and Kirsten Scott Thomas um, like humping each other. You know, it's it, not really the same effect I think the movie makers were going for. But we're on to the main part of the show now. We are coming to the bronze medal, the third place. Alicia Gerard. What are your, is it Marie Gerard? Is Alicia Marie, Marie Gerard? I, I have two middle names. I'm one of those suckers. Alicia the... Gabriel Marie Gerard. Oh, yeah. Gabriel's a boy's name, isn't it? No, it's all, it's okay, yeah, but um, <laughs> Gabriel, named after her, and they all called her Gabriel instead of Gabrielle, so I don't know. Okay, it's okay. Kind of off, yeah. Okay, Alicia, Alicia Gabriel Maraid Gerard. What is, mm-hmm. I'm really, really interested in this because 
I I think I know what's going to come first. I think I do. And then I really want something to come third. I think. I'm just running over to go. Okay, okay. Alicia, Gabriel, Marie, Gerard, your bronze medal goes to. So in third place, and I actually changed this like really soon before this call as well, because I was like, actually, no. But <laughs> my third place is. And the Oscar goes. Uh, the English patient. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. The English okay. patient. Fucking hell. At the close of World War II, a young nurse tends to a badly burnt plane crash victim. Uh, his past, his past is shown in flashbacks, revealing an involvement in a fatal love affair. It won nine Oscars. Um, at the 1997 um, Oscars, was nominated for 53 awards in all film festivals around the world and nominated for a further 77. Now, I do this every time. Um, you have, in fairness, these all these films won a lot of Oscars, so you're under a bit of, you know, pressure here. But can you take a stab at the nine Oscars that it won? Okay. Jesus, okay. Uh... Okay, do you know what? I'm going to make it a little bit easier. Okay, it got nominated, it won nine, it was nominated for 12. So I'm going to see, can you get the three that it was just nominated for? Right, I definitely can. Okay, okay. Best best picture. It won. Okay, so, okay, so sorry. So it's just the the nominations. See, because there's nine is, and they're very awkward ones as well. So if you can guess the three. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. (laughs) Uh, nominated for uh, casting. That's not a, that's not a nomination. <laughs> that's not even an option. There are behind no, the scenes. That's not even a word. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are not. There's, okay. There, okay. Do you want me to just? <laughs> do you want me to just tell you? <laughs> No, no, I want to guess one. Okay, if you can guess one, yeah. if you can guess one, okay. So wait, so they, so hang on, so they, they can, yeah, but they can win casting. Cast, That's not an casting. option at the Oscars. Ever? No, yeah, ever. But, not, yeah, but, but okay. So my three guesses are. Okay. Uh, best. Uh, okay, nominated for best cinematography. Uh, it won best cinematography. Okay. 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 Just. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'm just gonna okay. tell you. I'm, I'm just gonna tell you. I'm just gonna tell you. Okay. Uh, but good. That was that was fun. That was fun. Um, so it won best picture. Obviously, it won best supporting uh, actress for Gillette B- Bichot, uh, best director yeah. Anthony Minganella, uh, best cinematography as previously stated, uh, John Seal, best art direction and set direction as uh, Stuart Craig and Stephanie. Oh, Steph- yeah, Stephanie McMillan, Best Costume Design, Anne Roth, Best Sound, uh, Walter Murch, uh, Mark Berger, David Parker, Christopher Newman, Best Film Editing, Walter Murch, uh, Best Music or Best Music and Original Dramatic Score, Gabriel uh, Yarold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the nominees, uh, Actor in a Leading Role, Ray Fiennes, uh, actress in a leading role, uh, Kirsten Scott Thomas. Best writing on a screenplay based on a previously on a, a material previously produced or published, Anthony Minganella. Um, I'll give you a couple of fun facts now to begin with before we get stuck into it. 
the Germans who shot at Al Macy's plane at the beginning were actually tourists roped into production because they couldn't afford any more extras. Uh, Ray Fiennes... <laughs> uh, Ray Fiennes uh, burn... Uh, Ray Fine's burn makeup took five hours to apply every day. Fines insisted that the full body makeup be applied even for the scenes where it is o- where only his heads, w- even for the scenes where only his head would be filmed. That seems very selfish on his part, making people do that. Unless they're get see, if you're on like a set rate where they're guaranteed this amount, then I'd be like, oh fuck off, Ray, like or Ralph, he, uh, don't do that. But if they're like getting paid by the hour, then I'm like, yeah, go for it and getting paid extra. Then sure, why not? And then the final fun fact, um, in 2005, Gillette Bichot had her Oscar touched up by the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Science as her three-year-old son was fond of playing with it and had subsequently become tarnished and peeling. One of the perks of being an Oscar winner is that you can have an Oscar repaired for free by the Academy. That's a nice thing. I didn't actually know that. I figured you'd have to pay because I know that if you don't arrive at the, if you are nominated and you don't make it to the Oscars, you have to pay a dollar to still be um, um, nominated, still be included in the show for whatever okay. reason. Um, so I, yeah, I know, yeah. Because I know Judy Dench had to do that. She was nominated, I think it was when she was nominated for Philomena a couple of years ago. She couldn't make it. She was filming something else. And so she had to pay a dollar. So her nomination stood because she couldn't make it. I don't know why. Yeah. But uh, oh. <laughs> there's an extra fun fact. That's an extra fun fact. Okay. I am very interested in hearing your thoughts. English patient, go for it. What are your thoughts? Why did, Why is okay. it in third? Whatever you want to say, why you put it in third place or what you liked about it? Doesn't matter. Whatever Whatever way you're feeling. So I put it in third place um, because there was just no moments for me that really stood out and made me feel anything. You know, mm. like, I mean, it was all very intense glares and sort of like oh big war aesthetic while our you know forbidden love is 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 going on and you know mm. I just found that to be a little bit I don't know samey or something there just yeah. there just didn't seem to be any moment that I was like oh, drawn in by that particular side of things. Now mm. I I did really enjoy um the scenes where he's in the bed and he's there with Hannah Mm. And, you know, this in the, I think it was an Italian village they were in. That's um, right, yeah. Livorno. Yeah. yeah. I liked those scenes. I liked the delicacy of those scenes. I liked the kind of stillness. It, I find that the stillness was 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 quite nice. And then, you know, the kind of love story going on between Hannah and uh, Kip, I think. Kip, yeah. Who's played yeah. by Saeed from Lost. I, I yeah. love watching these all, yeah. I love watching these old films when like random actors show up and you're like, oh my God, I know him. I love you, Saeed. Yeah, I did. I love when he yeah, showed up. He doesn't seem to age either, by the way. I mean, yeah. he just always looks great. Like, and uh, he was also in, he was also in Sense8 and I loved Sense8 so much. I, don't oh, know okay. seen I haven't seen that, but I've heard of yeah. Um, But I, I enjoyed those moments because I felt like, okay, the way they're acting suits what's going on. Whereas, with the other story, in, um, when he it's all the flashbacks of um, himself and uh, uh, Kirsten, or Catherine is her name, I think. And, yes, yeah. Catherine, yeah. Oh, I just found them to be sort of, I didn't feel a major connection between the two of them, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I completely agree with you. And for me, I think Kirsten Scott Thomas is absolutely tremendous in this, and so is yeah. uh, Julie 
Gillette Bichot, who won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. And I think Ray Fiennes is a phenomenal actor. I just found him so dull. So fucking boring. I I found that his performance was almost too internalised. You know, he didn't give us anything. I mean, I remember reading something about that that said, oh, you can tell in the beginning where she stands up around the fire and he's looking at her. And this is the most, you know, and she's giving this story. um, And... uh, He's looking at her like, and in the in the thing it says, uh, "Oh, you can tell how much he admires her." And it, when I was watching that, it just looks like he kind of wants to kill her. <laughs> I I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking like, yeah, yeah because I knew like, oh, John, I forgot to ask the fucking one question which I'm always supposed to ask, Alicia. Before seeing this film, um, the English Patient, you've never seen it before. That's right. No. No. Did you have any pre-notion before seeing it? Did you know anything about the film? War. I thought it was going to be about, I was kind of excited about the war mm. element. I don't know. I wanted to see the action and all, but really it was just explosions happening over there while two lovers are making out here, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's yeah. just it's so much talking. It's so boring. It's so boring, okay? And uh, I, who was it? Like, I kept going through my mind the whole time. This is why I was so, like, the only reason I wasn't looking forward to this bracket was because I knew I'd have to watch this film for the first time, okay? And um, what kept going through my head was like, was for a line, Graham Norton and Father Ted, Father, I'm going to be killed from Mex- Miss of the Time, Father Furlong, is it Father Furlong? I think it, no, Father Noel Furlong. He goes, uh, I like the, <laughs> well, he's something like the, he's talking about the English patient. But I liked about the English patient. It's very long and it's very boring. And I'm just like, yes, it is. It is so long, so boring. Um, and like, I kind of, has, uh, recently enough, I've realized that three and a half hours is not a long time to do anything if you're in the right company, okay? Yeah. Three and a half hours is horrible if you're with a fucking a nun, all right? Three and a half hours is great if you're just not with a nun, if you're anyone else. If you're, it's three and a half hours is short when you're watching a good film. It's long when you're watching The English Patient. I was bored senseless. And if you're not hooked in by that, um, that like, oh, here, oh, they're going to have an affair. Who cares? Genuinely, who cares? It's World War II. There's other problems going on. And then they have the backdrop oh, of, no. yeah. You know, it's and it's during the end of the war. There's so much talking. There's such a action. I don't care that he's he's burnt alive. I don't give it. I don't. I couldn't give a shit. Of like very average. You know, even I would have even liked if their performances, if there was some really big dramatic scene with their performances, it would have complemented the sort of slow and like, yeah, everything was very. Flowy with 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 Hannah and 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 Kiv, you know, and that's yes. fine, and it just worked on their end. Mm. But with the, all the flashbacks, I just felt like there could have been a great contrast. Maybe they could have been just more fiery uh, as people, or the way they're acting. I don't know what it was. It just seems it's, like it all blended. Yeah. I I think that it's because it's British, and like I, I'm trying to. <laughs> But it is. It's a very British love story. It's very like, oh, we shouldn't be doing this, you know. Oh, oh, dearly me, you know. It's but it's. I'm putting up a Twitter poll to find out like how people uh, rank these movies if they agree with you or whatever. And like someone put up um, a negative comment about Titanic, saying, oh, "I'll bring up that later on whenever we get to Titanic," and then saying, "An English patient is a masterpiece, right?" And um, what I knew about this movie. English patient was obviously that it was very boring, but I remember now 
a mate of uh, my my cousin Pat, who was on episode five, where he used to live in Manus when he went to college, and I was up there the whole time, going out and having a great time. And um, one of his, I don't know, if it was his housemates or lived across the way or something along a close a friend of his, Daryl from Donegal, was obsessed with this movie. And he kept telling me it's the best movie ever. You'll love it. It's this and that. You, it's really excellent. And I was, and then I had in one part of my brain going, it's very long and it's very boring. And then Daryl and the other half going, you know, give it a go. You'll be fine. You'll really enjoy it. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. And then right down the middle. And then I watched it and I was like, oh God, Daryl, you idiot. I don't, I don't know why it won. I don't know why it, and I think the only reason people still talk about it now is that it's, it's like the archetype oscar film do you know oscar films have to be long they have to be beautifully shot and like i'm not taking any way a shot it made the desert look incredible do you know there was yeah. a lot of interesting things that happened in it and i don't take away from any performance because i think i don't understand how it won best director i um and i feel bad um um the director anthony minganella i yeah he won best director i don't know how because the one job of the director is to, is to keep the film interesting. And yeah. I was in no way interested. I wasn't, I, I, it, I had to watch a, a five minute review this morning, like before I came on here to remember what happened in the plot. Um, so I did the same thing. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I was like, what have people kind of picked out of this? What stands out for them? Like, honestly, mm. because I was really trying to get my head around, you know, whether it was just me because I don't like romance very mm. much or whether it was, I just felt like I was like lied to a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and know? like it's <sighs> okay. As well with, with him, with Anthony Minganella, and there's a bit of a sad, like he passed away in 2008. All right. And I looked this up and I actually felt really bad. This is like yeah, a, so a, a, this is a sad fun fact. If that makes sense, a sad fact. He is a big, I'm a big football fan. I've mentioned it once or twice in the show before. Um, but he was a big supporter of Portsmouth Football Club, all right? Portsmouth is a really cool club. I actually saw them play once. And um, they won one trophy, one top, like the FA Cup, um, once in their history in 2008. And I, I was reading this and I was like, please tell me he died. Please tell me he at least saw them win that. And he didn't. They passed. Yeah. He passed away in March. Didn't see that. And I was like, "Damn!" And I, but I do think he saw them beat United, which is bad for me. But like, hopefully, that was something for him. That's a bit of a side thing, anyway. Sorry, I just I read that. And I, well, I he did do a great job, I thought, with the talented Mister Ripley. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I was looking at the other stuff he's made. And I was like, "There's like he is an obviously an incredibly talented man." And I, but I don't understand how this got so much love. I just think it's this old saying of the Oscars love Brits. You know, um, if you yeah, it's, a, it's like that vibe of like typical British, but it's like, but there, it's not really, yeah, it's like yeah. that. It's almost like Hollywoodized, but it's Britishized. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. it's it's just, <laughs> <laughs> but like in the same way. Look, I can't. And my, who would you say is your favorite performance in this film? My favorite performance in this film, I think, I think Hannah. Yeah. I love her. You know, I, I, actually I, love I love her. her. She's so unassuming. You know, she really, mm. I think she really, she didn't try to push anything. She played to the role. Mm. Um, she was very, you could tell she was hurt, but she had such a beautiful demeanor about her. Mm. She's a carer. I, I just, yeah, I, I thought her character was really interesting to watch. I mean, down to earth. Yeah. You know, 
mm. character. I really, I, I really felt that she was most naturalistic. Whereas the other characters, it's like they were supposed to be natural and again, great performances, but it just felt like everything was so intense that there was no connection. Yeah. Um, I love, I, I, I agree with you with Shilipa um, show on that. And it's right. I love the moment. It's like right at the beginning of the film when she's caring for all the injured soldiers. And one of them's like, can I have a kiss? She's like, no. He's like, Oh, please. It would make me feel better. She's like, okay. And I just love how she grabs both sides of us, like the top of his head and the bottom of his head, just a little kiss. And you're like, uh, and then, then they all make fun. And she's just like, having, and I was like, that's, she's so yeah. caring. And then obviously she loses her, we don't see her, but her partner passes away in, a, yeah. in an, an incident that we off screen. Then her best friend dies. And then she's just like, I'm just going to go take care of this guy to the end of his life because I have to see someone true to the end, you know? And like, you yeah, saw her care. That's probably one of the reasons why we like Hannah so much is because we kind of saw her background before this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas with the other characters, it's okay. Yeah. We know, we know a little bit about them and we know, but like for her, she experienced something so like, yeah, just that was such a traumatic thing. And yet she still pushes through and you see her perseverance and she's so good, you know? And mm. I, I think that's really what brought like a better respect and sort of connection to that character. Yeah. In that character. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I think it was just flawless. Her performance was like a wave. It just kept, it just was effortless. And she, and it was so easy to connect with her even at the end when um, she assists in the suicide or whatever way you want to put it of um of Ray Fine's character and um you could really feel like it wasn't it was this big thing to her she internalized it but she let it out and she agreed to do it when like in a lot of other films they would have had this whole thing where she's like I can't do it please I can't do it but in just one look from her and she saw that she's seen the pain she's in she's like I, I will do this for you and she read the letter for him and then when you look at um like you have that and the the relationship with Kip, which is it's so flowing, it's so wonderful, and then you you compare that with, um, obviously Ray Fiennes and, and Kirsten Thomas's characters, which on Colin Firth in this as well, actually, yeah, um, he yeah, shows up <laughs> and he's so happy and chat and just so lovely and stuff like that, and um, he's he's very much Colin Firth. He is so good at being what was he was in? Oh yeah, so he's in too. Sorry, this is like. At Colin Firth bracket, we'll bring that up when we get to Shakespeare in Love as well. But he's been in three best picture films that we've mentioned so far. Um, yeah. He was in the King's Speech as well, Manny in the For Morrison episode, which came out in uh, episode three. And um, but like, I feel in those performances, I felt that they're basically. I think Kirsten Scott Thomas is great in this. I I really really love her, and I think she's absolutely just so beautiful, and she's she really captivates the screen when she's on it. But I just don't like the relationship between the two of them i didn't feel the passion we were supposed to feel i it was it didn't feel natural if that makes sense um and i didn't see i didn't pick up anything why she would want to like she seemed to be in a perfectly loving relationship with colin Firth, and it never kind of delved into why she kind of has fallen out with him or something like that it just felt like oh i just i, I like this guy now that's what it, it felt was like. all very sort of yeah there was no really defining moment or anything it was yeah. all it was kind of it's like oh now they're because i was kind of waiting for that i was waiting yeah. for some kind of and it was only when he was uh following her to try and protect her or something in the markets or what was it that he was trying to advise her on something oh 
Um, yeah, that when he was like, oh, you're, you're following me. It was like, oh, just you should have, you yeah. should be, um, what, what's the word? Bargaining with them because it's disrespectful, not to that section. Yeah. Yeah, which is such a throwaway thing as well. Like, it just felt like, okay, you're being really intense. This relationship's really toxic and intense. Yeah. But there's no defining moments of anything. It's all just sort of like throwaway moments with intensity. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It, that's what I mean. Very fucking British. Very British. Yeah. Um, oh, I, have... I did as well. I really liked. I really liked Jurgen Prop now in that one. I thought it was very interesting. You're Jurgen uh, what? Jurgen Proch now. So he was the he was the interrogator for Willem Dafoe. Oh, oh yes, we're going to touch on that scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you, yes, you messaged me that. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Oh my that god! Was a real crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you had no idea. You showed up and you were like, oh my God, yeah. In the credits, yeah, because obviously, because I hadn't seen this film, like, I didn't want to watch the trailer or anything. I prefer, you know, not seeing a trailer, like, if I'm going to, if I know I'm going to watch a film. And mm. uh, as soon as his name came up, I was like, ah, look at this. Oh my God. You know, and it's so yeah. funny because in this one, he's like such a scary, mean bastard, you know, and yeah. he's so like, like stoic. And, and then in the film that, that, we did with him. He's a beekeeper and he's such a friendly man. <laughs> you know? What was the so, film you did with him? Uh, oh, Half Brothers uh, Half in Brothers, Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, we got him out for, I think it was only, only two days, two, two days of shooting. And uh, yeah, yeah, he was fantastic. Great guy. Really nice guy. He's, he's just, he's landed himself in so many great productions. Mm. Um, and he's, yeah, he's really dead on. Fit as yeah. a fiddle. By the way, he's seeing everything. He's seventy something. Like he is so healthy. Fair play. And you can check yeah. it. You can you can download Half Brothers, can't you? You can watch it on. Uh, you can. It's on. It's on Vimeo. It's on Vimeo. Yeah. It is on Amazon uh, Prime, but we oh, can't cool. get it here only in the oh. UK and the states. So it's on Vimeo. If anybody would like to have a look. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Um, and I was actually going to go not on that scene particularly. We're going to bring that up in a little while. But um, touching on um, um, Willem Dafoe, um, yeah. on on his like again, I'm I kind of get what's going on with him. Just like, in. yeah, he just I can't figure out how he got there. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's all too subtle for us. I I guess I don't know. But he arrives, it's like, oh, I heard about this, blah blah blah. I'm a Canadian, whatever. I do this. I was like, what? Who are you? How do you know these people are here? And he said, someone told, and have we met the person that said, that told this person that you were here? You know, you, your friend said you'd be here. I was like, this is World War II. How are these people staying in contact? And it's like, during the war. I did like his, I liked his performance. I, Same as I always like to see him. He's got a great face in general. He could just sit there and like, not say anything. And I'd be like, yeah. I loved his performance because he's great. Yeah. Uh, lucky, lucky son of a bitch. He's, uh, yeah. he, he's so electric and everything he does. Even though like, it's kind of one of the things where I'm like, I'm not entirely sure what's going on, but I like the cut of your jib, kid. I know what you're doing. <laughs> and, I, and you got a great name, David Caravaggio. And they went on for ages going, oh, people don't believe that's my name. But you said it's such a, mad name that why would he make it up and I'm like oh this is such boring dialogue or it's just delivered so boring it's like look I get it that people look people can like what they like people obviously voted for it for a reason fine okay but like this film is like Marmite Marmite is shit and you shouldn't like Marmite so there that's (laughs) that's my feelings on the English Patient but for you if you were to pick one scene what would be your standout scene from the English Patient 
Now that was very easy because it was all very, as I said, samey. Yeah. Um, just the vibe of it. But I loved the scene where they're in the uh, uh, the at the paintings in the museum, uh, not the museum, the cathedral, wasn't it? They were. Uh, it was. It was. Yes. Yeah. And Hannah, and he yeah. puts her up on the rope, you know, and she goes up flying around with the with the. Um, Sparker? What the hell is that called again? I think it's fire. Yeah, it's torch. Uh, 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 yeah, it? one of those emergency things when you get lost out somewhere. Yeah. A torch. Is it a torch? It is a torch. Yeah, if you're lost, you do the thing. It's kind anyway, of torch. it's a thing that makes light. And uh, <laughs> Hannah was there, and you know, going around on the rope. And I thought that was beautiful. Just their their the fun that they're having together. That moment of playfulness. Mm. And yeah, I just. I found one couple, um, you know, the two leads were were so toxic and involved. And then these two were so playful and sort of supportive of each other and caring. And, you know, it was a lovely defining moment of their sort of growing relationship, which I really loved. Yeah, I would say like the only reason this this did well as well is because they made the choice of making like Colin Firth is unless he's playing a bad guy, is the most lovable man ever. And um, yeah. he, and like putting him as the, I guess the, the opposing love or like they, like her husband, well, her husband is like so good because the Colin Firth's are likable and you're like, oh, he's not a bad guy, you know? So it's like, it's hard to root for these two. You don't want them to have an affair. Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't realize that he tried to kill the two of them. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a murder suicide. Um, the Colin Firth. Did you did you know that? No, I didn't know that either. I didn't know that till I watched. Yeah, Colin Firth's character p- crashed the plane with her in the back, which led to her like breaking her ribs and all like that. But he did that on purpose oh. because he knew about the affair. I had no clue. I had but no clue. And that, that there was no evidence in his character of ever like having that kind of dark. Uh, yeah, like. He would, yeah, he just said, like, I guess you could get say, like, oh, he's so happy and chirpy and lovely, and then, like, the complete opposite when it, when he's been betrayed, would he go there? And I guess he would. Now, people are probably going, who are listening to this after and they've seen the English patient, might be fans of it, are going, oh, there's these are doing this, they didn't pick up on that, they didn't pick up on that. It's not our if we're watching a movie, it's not our job to be looking for these clues, they should be painted in front of us. in not not like okay, maybe painted is the, the wrong analogy, but they should be clear enough that we shouldn't be surprised about a murder suicide happening when we're chatting about it afterwards. These things should be clear, and that's why it did not deserve to win best director. Yeah, for it's me. those moments that have to rejig your concentration span. Mm. You know, they have yeah. to be able to wake you up. Yeah. And for me, that's. I mean, I, we were, I was probably a bit zoned out. Yeah. Um, me too. Yeah. You know, me too. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I would. To be that that way, for because I know I've read so many good reviews as well, and I know so many people love that film. But uh, yeah, for me, I just it just did not fit together in a way that yeah. kept my attention. Um, if it's in, if if it was in the cinema, I might be talking about differently, but no, that's not up to me. Also, uh, my standout scene is I've one and that well, I've I've one moment which I really liked, and that's where but it doesn't count is when Ray Fiennes grabs Kirsten Scott Thomas after she's broken up with him. And he's like, is that who you're going for now? Is that your new boy toy? And stuff like that. And that very intense, very interface. I really, really like that scene, like that moment. But my scene is, because the only thing I kind of knew as well about it was, I didn't remember, I knew it until I 
the character David, David uh, Carvaggio about the thumbs. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a big thing about how he lost his thumbs and stuff like that. And like that scene is, I think, performed amazingly by your mate and by Willem Dafoe and, the, and all the other people because I got this sense of also the fear from Willem Dafoe played so well, but like no one in the room wants to do this, including, what's what's your mate's name? Rudolph, is that what you said it was? Jürgen Prochnick. Your- you're pregnant, yeah. Where he can't do it himself and he makes the nurse do it and stuff like that to chop off the thumbs. Um, and then people are looking around and like the, the cryptologist or whatever, the person who types is like like freaked out as well. And the intensity that's it, it really lifts it. I get no help from these people. I'm sick of this room. I'm sick of this heat. And I'm sick of this phone. What do they do there? The Genfer Convention. The Genfer Convention. I must write what... Geneva Convention. Hey, come on, you can't do that. Uh, come over I'll here. I'll give you names. You. I'll give you names. Come what on. names did you say? Oh, let me think. Just let me think. I can't think. I know them. Please, let me think. I promise. Oh, please, please, no. What name did you say? I knew them. I, I can't think of any name. Not my head. Don't you go. What are you doing? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. No. I promise. Oh, please. Not my head. Jesus. Jesus. Don't you go. Please. Don't cut me. Come on. No. Please. The man who took my thumbs. I found him eventually. I killed him. The man who took my photograph, I found him too. That took me a year. He's dead. Another man showed the Germans a way to get their spies into Cairo. I've been looking for him. And like, and for me, like so much of the rest of it is so flat. Like, who knew a film about map making would be so boring? Like, it's... That likes for me, Willem Dafoe is a standout as well, and um, Gillette Bourgeau completely deserves to be to have won that Oscar. I believe the nominations, I guess, I definitely would say Kirsten Scott Thomas should be nominated for leading actress. Ray Fiennes, fine, okay, he put on a bit of burnt makeup, but I don't put it down to him being not a good actor, I put it down to not the best, um, around him Correct. because, yeah. yeah, direction and like editing and stuff like that, and cinema, like to really shot, shoot in a way that it's easy to read what he's he's trying to give off. Because I got that he was angry, that's what I got. I thought he doesn't like her, that's what my whole thing was. And obviously, I knew it was a romance, so I was like, Oh, he's being mean because he actually is mad about her. Oh, by the way, his accent is fantastic. By the way, I forgot about this. His accent throughout the whole thing, I was like, He's because they were like, Oh, who's a German spy? I was like, Well, it's clearly the guy. Like who's pretending to be English with a slight German accent, but then he's called the English patient, even though he's not actually English. He's like, I know, there, like yeah, head melt. But yeah. I, I did. I got his accent was on point for that. You know, was perfect. Like the only yeah. other time I can off the top of my head where someone had an accent so kind of defined as being like a bit English, but also a bit like whether it's German or a bit like Hungary, and I can't remember where else he's from, is in um. Jobs, or Steve Jobs, the one with um, with Michael Fassbender and Kate oh, Winslet yeah. pl- plays a woman, I can't remember her name, but she was raised in Russia till she was 11 or maybe a bit older and then moved to America. So she has like an American accent with a slight twinge of Russian. 
yeah, that's such an amazing thing. To be Throughout the whole film. So, like, absolutely yeah. credit. And, okay, I'll give him the Oscar nomination for just holding that accent alone for the whole thing. Um, but, like, aside from that. I think I know where, where this is going to go. A bronze medal is perfect for the English patient. But it was nominated in 1997 alongside Fargo, Jerry Maguire, Secrets and Lies, and Shine. Of those films, did it deserve to win Best Picture? Above those? Above Fargo, nothing above Fargo. One hundred percent. One. I love. I'm sorry. I didn't even realize that it was Fargo. That uh, no, Fargo would be. Yeah. Way up there. Yeah. I think if Fargo came out now, I think would win most years. It would win Best Picture. Um, I think because it was brought out maybe in a time when, like the indie buzz was going. Um, a year before this, for uh, Pulp Fiction was out, and obviously Reservoir Dogs and films like that were were coming out and getting prominence. And then like the yeah the year after this, I think Goodwill Hunting was nominated for Best Picture and stuff like that was was doing better. I feel like it was a big step for it to be nominated, but like any, a couple of years later in the future, it would have won because Fargo is far more iconic than English Patient, um, as well as so is Jerry Maguire. Uh, the other two, unfortunately, I haven't seen, but um, but Fargo, like, I love the TV series. I've mentioned it on the show before as well, and um, I am obsessed with the film. I, yeah, yeah. Everything, everything Fargo, send it my way. Like, I yeah. that's one of the ones that I would have binged on as well, the TV series. And I thought as well, what was lovely is the film had its own vibe, the TV series had its own, but they but I didn't compare them, you know, hmm. I didn't kind of go, oh, yeah, well, that thinks it's living up to that, but uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they both had their very own qualities, and I thought, yeah, anything Fargo. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I'm second at one over Fargo. See, oh the, my god! The thing is, with two out of three of these um, uh, movies, they won over far superior films, like true skullduggery, um, including in the English Patient. There was a lot of skullduggery that went on there too, which I'll I'll bring up uh, when we get to another one. Yeah, like there was should have been far, you know, Fargo every day of the week. Uh, Coen Brothers geniuses. We did an episode on um, oh, No Country for All Men, which won in two thousand and eight. Was it two thousand nine? Oh. Won Best Picture. Um, but we mentioned that in our episode with Dave O'Neill in episode four. So if you want to go back and hear what our thoughts on that, go back and listen to that, please. After you finish with this one. But yeah, I completely agree. It's Fargo, one hundred percent. Jerry Maguire as well, and probably the other two films too. English Patient, so dull, so boring. Um, and uh, if you like it, fair play to you. But no, it's not the worst film to ever win Best Picture. No. Um, we've we've covered that a few times on shows we've done before, um, including Crash. One Best Picture was one of the worst movies. Awful, awful film. And a couple of others which were so bad too. This is, for me, this is up there, but it's just because it's so Oscar. It's so just long, boring, drawn out. Hey folks, just taking a couple of seconds out of your um, carefully scheduled programming. That does, I think that makes sense. I don't think it does. <laughs> Did you know that next week's guest is um, Irish playwright Lee Coffey. Uh, Lee is, uh, we had a phenomenal time together uh, discussing Braveheart, Unforgiven, Schindler's List and Forrest Gump so if you want to find out Lee's list uh, Lee's ranking make sure to subscribe to this channel um, on whatever platform you're listening to it on and come back next Monday where you can check it out Uh, thanks so much and back to Alicia but that is us done with um, with in third place with the English patient so now we move skillfully on to the silver medal which goes to Alicia Gerard, Alicia Gabrielle Murray Gerard. Take it away.
And the Oscar goes to... Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love! Okie dokie. The world's greatest ever playwright, William Shakespeare, is young, out of ideas and short of cash, but meets his ideal woman and is inspired to write one of his most famous plays. Shakespeare in Love won seven Oscars, winning another 57 in film festivals all around the world and was nominated for a further 87. In the seven Oscars, it was nominated, it, it won. Do you want to take a stab at any of those? No. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Um, it won Best Picture, obviously. Uh, best Actress in a Leading Role, which was Gwyneth Paltrow. Best Actress in a Supporting Role, which was Judi Dench. Best Writing Screenplay, written directly for the screen, uh, Mark Normand and Tom Stoppard. Best Art Direction, Set Direction, Martin Child's uh, Jill Cuthier. Uh, best Costume Design, Sandy Powell. Best Music, Original Musical or Comedy Score, Stephen Warbeck. Nominated uh, Best Actor in a Sporting Role, Jeffrey Rush. Best Director, John Madden. Best Cinematography, Richard uh, Gradeau. Best Sound, Robin O'Donoghue, Dominic Lester and Peter Galsup. And oh, sorry, and film editing David Gamble and best makeup Lisa Westcott and Veronica McAleer. And a couple of fun facts Dame Judi Dench won an Academy Award for Best Actress in a Sporting Role for her role as Queen Elizabeth, although she is on screen for only six minutes in four scenes. This is the second shortest performance to win a Best Actress Sporting Role Oscar, the shortest ever performance. The shortest ever performance was Beatrice Strait in Network in 1976. She appeared in only five minutes of the movie. The unpleasant little urchin, John Webster, uh, played by John Rob- played by Joe Roberts, who was shown playing with mice, grows up to be a big name in the next, in the Jacobean uh, generation of playwrights. His plays are known for their blood and gore, and his most famous title is The Duchess of Malfi. And the final one is the very first scene with William Shakespeare, played by Joseph Fiennes. We see him crumbling up balls of paper and throwing them around the room, which lands near props which represent or refer to other works by Shakespeare. The first lands next to a skull, a reference to Hamlet, and the second lands in a chest reference to the Merchant of Venice. So, Lisa Gerard, was this your first time seeing Shakespeare in Love? It was. Yes. And prior to going into it, what did you know about this film? Did you have any pre-notion? I knew it was definitely an Elizabethan piece. I knew it was about William Shakespeare. Um, I knew, yeah, very little other than that. Um, I'd, I'd heard like snippets of it in past conversations with people. Mm. Um, yeah, but I didn't really. I mean, I mean, the title does say. Uh, yeah it kind of gives away a bit uh, it gives away a bit. It does. Uh, so I kind of had I, I expected that it would be um, a romance and it would be um, yeah that it would have a lot of comedy elements to it as well yeah yeah this is I had never seen a film before I kind of been off put off by for watching it for a reason that will come to later on maybe probably in the last section and um, I have to say though I did quite like this film I, I knew I, I knew you would. You love Monty Python. Of course you love this. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 There's, do you want to tell them how you know I love my, <laughs> I do love what yeah, I did to you. Yeah, ridiculous. Okay. So, people, um, 
Joe, one time in college, came over to my place to hang out. And he was like, I'm going to show you a real quick YouTube uh, clip. Uh, it's really, really good. It's a really, really good film. Yeah, yeah, you're going to love this, uh, this clip. And I was like, oh, cool, okay. So uh, Joe got the whole thing ready on my laptop. And uh, I didn't actually see the um, time frame at the bottom of the window because we pressed play. And I was like, grand, cool. This is interesting. And it started off on this intro, like, to um, the Holy Grail. And... Uh, <laughs> It just kept going and going. And I was like, this doesn't really look like a clip, Joe. And it's not a trailer either. And Joe just looked at me and went, yeah, we're watching the film. <laughs> and I was like, you shit. I mean, we like to get involved. Yeah, we got like a good bit into it. We're like 15 minutes in before you work. Like, I don't want to keep watching this clip. This is <laughs> yeah, and then you were, I got her, I got her invested. And when you have her invested, they're not going to give up. But yeah, that's yeah, but I, but, yeah. I loved it. I have to say, yeah. I have to say, it's really good. Really so give us, yeah, it's a great move. But okay, so on Shakespeare in Love, what are your thoughts? So did you like it? I, I didn't love it because again, okay. the romance mm. thing for me, I found it to be absolutely suffocating. There, yeah. just the two of them together, I was like, ah. God, that's too much. It's just, it was mm. so over. And I know it's supposed to be funny as well as like very romantic. But for me, I just found that to be totally cringy. Um, mm. I know there's so much like satirical elements to it. And so, like, just such like, we, this is Shakespeare, you know what I mean? And I, you know, and I really did appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I did find that that just that particular side of it that the romance side was just so fucking overwhelming I didn't really enjoy what after a while I was like okay I, I you know I get it I get mm. it like let's see more stakes for you two like let's you know let's see more I don't know a bit more it, I can't even yeah yeah too much yeah like for me I like maybe it's because my expectations were quite low and like it is it is a good film but it's it's like it's all lies you know there's no it's it's people just trying to make a story of how Romeo and Juliet was written and and just having having fun with it and just completely changing history rewriting history doing what they want with it and um I did I'd like the performances I I um I thought Gwyneth Paltrow was really good as as it is Viola or Violet I think it's yeah and um I thought she's really good and like because she had to play you know, obviously a guy and then play, you know, and play like the, the princess who's supposed to be, not the princess, but whatever she is, that's supposed to be married off to this horrible human being. And it's very much like all these kind of stock characters put in. There's nothing really, other than in how cleverly I think it's written and that it is, there's a lot of funny moments in it that like, it's not really, there's not really any special about it, you know? It's like a really yeah. nice rom-com. And, yeah. I, I, and I like rom-coms, you know what I mean? I'm, 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 I, I don't, I like anything that's a good film and I do think this is a good film. I, I wouldn't have pretty much nominated anyone for anything. I, the bet, I would maybe have given um, Gwyneth Paltrow, if, if it's being nominated, they've had to give someone, I would, I would definitely say to Gwyneth Paltrow, I think her performance is really good, especially for her age as well and everything she's dealing with as the character. I think she portrays it fantastically and you believe everything she's saying. I think Joseph Vine is really good as what you'd imagine Shakespeare to be, just this really eccentric um, 
like I don't want to say yeah this really eccentric fuck boy who's obsessed with love and the idea of love and all like that and like I, I'm like yeah I can get that and I think Ben Affleck is great in it as well he's a great like uh, as the cocky actor and um, the, the line is like it's called Mercutio and it's like is it yeah <laughs> like it's like yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, I like it. Like I did. I like all that sort of stuff. I love Henslow. Henslow's great in that. I thought he was brilliant. Oh, um, that's Tom. Jeffrey no, Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush, yeah. Jeffrey Rush, sorry, yeah, Jeffrey Rush. He, um, I, I find him very good now. I did. I thought he was I very think, interesting to watch. Like, but like, well, I don't know why he was nominated for an Oscar for Best Foreign Actor. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wouldn't maybe push it that far, but I, yeah. I, yeah, I thought he was good, but yeah. I could be. I agree with you that like, I there's no bad. There isn't really no bad performance in it. It's just like, for me, when I'm looking at an Oscar film, I expect either if it's whether it's nominated for best picture or be, or wins it or being up in the bracket, it's like, it's a spectacle. So like the the achievements are all like behind the scenes and how they made all this like whether it's costumes and designing and and lighting and sound and all like that and like all the techie stuff and then the performances lift that so it makes it an Oscar, like a multiple Oscar winning film or else it's just a very unique story, whether it's true to life or being told, um, or made up. For example, I think Birdman is one of the best films of, of this decade, of this century. That's a, a completely made up story, but like it's in how they made it and how they made a the story. It's so unique and it's such a different way of telling a story that I'm like, I'm engaged. This is why you deserve to win what it did. Yeah. With Shakespeare in Love, they made a really good film, but I cannot understand why. Well, I know why it got as much as it did, and we'll touch on that a little bit. Said so about fifteen times, we'll eventually get there. Um, but I cannot understand why it it got nominated or won anything, or is like an. I I could if it wasn't as nominated and won as much as stuff. I think this would be a beloved film. I think it would be a film that everyone would would take out. I think there would be a lot more luster to it but for the fact there's so much negativity and also with the Harvey Weinstein all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. it's it, it's going to tarnish it so much um so like like I said you can't take away from anyone's performances I re I think the top because like, the the guy who wrote it with Tom Stoppard I just want to get his name yeah. sorry it's um Mark Norman. Mark Norman yeah yeah he actually wrote the script like 15 years prior and um oh. have, been, have been kind of shopping it around or like a good few years prior and it was given to them and they were like, yeah, this isn't to this isn't good enough. I, like, I think everything was there, but like, we need more. So they gave it to uh, Tom Stoppard and got him to punch it up. And that's where all the like, I love all the like the references to Shakespeare. I love, uh, what do you think of um, uh, Rupert Everett as Christopher Marlowe? And do you like, like, you're, you are a fan of Shakespeare. Like, I'm going to ask you about the Christopher Marlowe I, stuff I, as well. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a fan of, like, yeah. I'm Did you mind? Of, uh, did you mind that they kind of just made up a story about Shakespeare? Does that bother you at all, or were you just along for the ride? You know, I didn't mind too much because I think there's plenty of stories out there that do the same thing, you know, um, and are not necessarily true to like. I mean, you have Vikings and stuff that's like very mm. factual, but also like there's made up stuff involved, and you know, I think, I think in the purpose of like entertaining, it's great, and like people might look mm. into these stories more then yeah. and like find out the history. So it is keeping sort of the the spirit of Shakespeare alive um but what's interesting is like they they made it like a Shakespeare play rather than the the life of Shakespeare you know like they made his life into like one of his plays 
something. Yeah. You know I mean? and I thought so I was- I- yeah, I think it's an ingenious idea. And that's uh, maybe, okay, in that way, you can make an argument of why it was nominated, at least for Best Picture, was because it's very clever how they took Shakespeare's life and then took stuff of plays he was going to write, plays he had written, and all this stuff, and kind of melded them in and imagined how these things inspired him. Because don't forget, he's this guy from... St- uh, Stratford on Avon. Oh, I'm going to be shocked. Stratford on Avon, yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, in the Middle Ages, you know, you couldn't travel anywhere, writing about all these amazing places. And what, like, where do you find inspiration in a world that's kind of like, you can't go anywhere, you can't really do anything? So, how they made that real, okay, I can give it a lot of pr- respect for that. I can understand why they were that for, why it got a lot of praise for doing that. But again, that's just for me, I would look at just the writing alone. Um, yeah. And like one thing that annoyed me as well, I don't take anything away from Judy Dench of being one of the greatest actors of our age, but there is no reason why she should have won Best Supporting Actress in this. Like, she's barely she's barely a supporting actress. What? I disagree. You I disagree? disagree. I okay. So disagree. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh God! When I saw her, I, I just even when she just first stepped out, mm. I don't know. Maybe it's just because she's a personal favorite actor of mine, um, mm. or just her energy, her aura, everything about her. I just found her absolutely amazing in that film. I thought she's the reason why I I made this number two. Okay. Well, yeah. I would I would say her character. Even though a supporting character, whatever, they don't generally always get an arc or, uh, you know, but like she had nothing. She just showed up for five minutes um, and was electric, was magnetic. Like there's nothing wrong with her performance anyway. Uh, But like if you're looking for, if you look at all the Judy Dench's uh, performances and you look at what she's been nominated for before and um, stuff she hasn't won before and then you're like, this is the one she won for. I'm glad she will, no matter what, she will have won an Oscar and she'll be showcased as being a tremendous performer. And she has like the pinnacle, we'll say, of performance uh, in an award. I'm glad she has that for her mm. overall career. But I would give that to like one of my favorite films is Philomena. I would give it to that. Her performance in that is so superb um, that like in my mind, that she has. Sorry, now, maybe because she's such a contrast though to the rest of it, you know? And that can often happen like that, like a, a performance can seem so amazing because it's standalone and it's standing out of whatever its surroundings are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And now this is not to say that the other characters and performances weren't fantastic. They were, mm. they played to their, you know, yeah. played to their, their, their characters so well. And I, and I, I did feel the connection between them as well. You know, I, I did, I, I thought it was, they were brilliant, but um just the way she stood out as being, and even the fact that she got the queen role, do you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Some Sometimes people, actors win awards for things like, you know, climbing mountains during films and different things. And so, yeah. you know, it can often change the perspective when there's like different effort gone in or how they stand out with the rest of the film or, you know, and it can, it can mm. change people's perspective and idea as well. So, I mean, while I absolutely adored her in that, and I do feel that if that, was to get any awards then she should get an award as well um mm. i i do agree with you as well in the way that like 
you know, there are other there are other performances in other films that probably should have been seen or recognized, you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. She just it was like she popped up and I was like, oh, yes, you know, I, I don't know. She really I thought she carried it so well. She didn't even carry how could she carry it? She can't carry it, but she carried it. Like <laughs> for me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, where's more Judy? Where is she? <laughs> More, you know? Well, I would agree. I would always want more Judy too. Um, and also, you me- you mentioned earlier on. Um, I keep forget. I think it's it's just a guy from the Full Monty, Tom, that played um, the character you said earlier on that you really liked to play the debt collector. The debt collector. Remember, he he at the very beginning of the play, he's burning. Um, Jeffrey Rush's feet and he's like because he, he borrowed money off him and then eventually he ends up in the play is that what you uh, said earlier on that you know? no I don't know if it was him I mentioned who did you mention at the beginning you said uh, let me think Philip Henslow oh who yeah who's I like Henslow which is Jeffrey Rush oh right 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 yeah no he's good but I would swap his nomination for this is going to wreck my head. The guy that Jeffrey Rush owed money to that I started off in the. I can remember his name. No, no, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, like, as a supporting character, how he goes from being like, uh, I, well, I won't even again theater, but like demanding money, all this sort of stuff, to being like in the play and when he's like walking around practicing his lines and stuff like that. I'm like, that's an actual journey. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I think he's so good in that, and I'm so annoyed. I can't. It's Tom something. I because it's Tom Williamson. That's wrong. I keep thinking Tom Hiddleston. That's wrong. What? Wilkinson? No, Wil. Wil- it's something like that. It's something like that. I feel like I need to do a real fast Google. Yeah, Google one. Well. Just type in. He's in the full Monty as well. If you just full Monty. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is gas. Oh, the 21st century. Oh, right, right, right. Hang on. Tom Tom Wilkinson. Tom Wilkinson, that was close, yeah. I was correct. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I would, I would, um, if I was just going to swap one person for another role, I would, sorry, for nominate, uh, yeah, nomination for someone else, I'd swap Jeffrey Rush with him. Not taking Jeffrey Rush is exceptional, but like, uh, the 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 journey that he goes on, I think, is more interesting and is portrayed. I wouldn't say better, but like I'm more engaged by that one, and um, and I think and it's like a, a very important part of the film. So I would I would have given the nomination to him. Uh, oh, and what do you think of the relationship between? Uh, we haven't even really spoken about them at all. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, is it Violet? It is Violet, I think, and, uh, well, and Shakespeare. It's Violet. Is it Violet? Yeah. Yeah. Viola. yeah. Because obviously for twelve pies. Uh, yeah, I thought it was. I mean, it was the kind of romance where I believed them, but I was like, uh, you know, I don't need to see any more of it. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the just the just the level of it. The des- they were so desperate, and I know they had to be because obviously mm. everything that's going on around them, and they, you know. They're sneaking around, and it's all very like, oh god, we're gonna get caught. I loved her maid in that. Oh my god, that was so funny. Just every time she just got away with so much. Like I love that that relationship there. But 
Um, yeah, I did. I, I thought they were believable, far more believable than the last couple in uh, the English mm. place, and mm. for sure. Um, mm. But a different kind of thing. Like, I think when you're trying to have, like, almost a serious romance in a comedy film, it's hard to make it so that it's romantic. You know, yeah. it all comes over the top funny as well even though it's serious so it's kind of like you're you're kind of going through a journey of oh hilarious stuff oh god what's gonna happen with these two oh you know and it yeah I think I think they played it great um in the midst of like dealing with the fact that they were in a comedy you know what yeah. I mean I really yeah. and, and I and I there were moments where I was like oh but I you know I didn't feel like crying for them or you know yeah you know I know they had to part and everything like that but at the same time I just kind of took it as it was, you know. I kind yeah. of looked at the picture of it all, and also the fact that like it was a big inspiration for Shakespeare to go ahead and write the, the Twelfth Night, wasn't it? Yeah. In, in, yeah, yeah. I think it became more about that for me then, rather than being so lingering on them too, you know. Yeah. What do you think of the ending? Um, the fact that it wasn't oh, a happy ending. The end scene was oh well, uh, not the happy ending. Yeah. I again, I didn't feel super sad. I mean, I was expecting that she would just. They run away together. Yeah. I really did. And I, I did kind of want that because, you know, but I think at the same time, they brought a more realistic edge on it. And yeah, yeah I like that too. Because, you know, it's yeah. got such like every humor and everything else going on. And then it kind of, I don't know, it brings you back to the whole thing of, oh, well, we're still true to the time though. And, yeah. And there's no know, way around it. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Which I yeah. thought was quite realistic. Yeah, because I, I liked like they gave the audience what they wanted at some points, like a little, and you want, I love that. Like, and then they obviously the end for me, I was like, this is absolutely devastating because I really liked uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, like really, really liked Gwyneth Paltrow's performance, and uh, I thought Joseph Fiennes was very good as well, and they had played off each other fantastically, and um, and like you're just expecting them to it all work. The Queen will say, no, you don't have to marry her, you don't have to marry him, you'll be the queen from now on and you're going to marry William Shakespeare then I was like no they're trying to set this in sort of the reality you know heighten everything and stuff like that but like the reality is if this was to inspire Shakespeare Shakespeare was not Shakespeare was married to Anne Hathaway and um, but like she's off somewhere else we've established that but like for the remainder of Shakespeare's life we're going to like this is as is you know in in our universe this happened This, you know what I mean the, the, yeah. the truth of history, which was in the end that he had to go on and write those other plays. You know, yeah. he didn't get distracted and bogged down by no woman. You know? <laughs> um, um, yeah. And like, so I, I was, and it was a lovely thing the way they finished it and stuff like that. I really, really did like that. And it is a movie I would watch again for definite. And they thought Colin Firth at the Colin Firth bracket. Um, and I have to ask this when someone shows up more than once in a film, in a bracket. Um, I say I have to ask this. This I think it's the first time I'm actually no, I've asked it twice before, but it's the first time I'm making it a rule. Um, which performance did you prefer, him in um, Shakespeare in Love or him in The English Patient? Oh, The English or not The No. Definitely Shakespeare in Love. Ah, oh, he had way more substance. Yeah, way more. Um, Oh, he was just more enjoyable to watch, you know. Yeah. But he was he was like a nose, uh sorry not nose, um a mustache, a mustache, a mustache, uh twirling villain in Shakespeare in Love. Uh a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't edit it out because we referenced it. 
<laughs> no, it's fine, it's fine. Um, but like it was just it was electric and like he even in this in this quieter moments and when when the queen is like kind of I won't say squaring up to him, but you know what I mean? He's he's very much afraid of her. And then when they reference the Hamlet when he sees the ghost um in the yeah. church when he thinks it's a, and he runs out. I love that. I loved uh, I actually asked her on Rupert Everett as Christopher Marlowe. What do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was great. I love, I love Rupert Everett. He should be more things. And I thought it was really good how they, they make, because that, that was true at the time. Christopher Marlowe was the, the talk of the town. Shakespeare hadn't made it at that point. And then after Marlowe died, like that's true. Yeah. yeah. And you can imagine like maybe stuff like that happens. And I really like that. I, and I, I don't give a shit of people. I, I do. No, I do. Set, I get annoyed when, when they just lie about stuff. Like Bohemian Rhapsody is a pet peeve of mine because they just made up Freddie Mercury's life. But with Shakespeare in Love, they don't claim it to be a true story. They just have fun with it. I'm like, that is, do what you want. Tarantino. don't know as well about Shakespeare. You know, there's lots of like guesses on that too, you know. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but for you, if you had to have a one standout scene, what would it be? Okay, so I have one that's my favourite and then one that I just want to say that I like as well. Um, my favourite is when uh, Viola meets uh, Queen Elizabeth and she's saying that she's going to marry um, uh, uh, for its character yeah. and I just love that scene where she's like well what do you like girl or what do, What are you what are your interests or whatever you know and she away she says oh your majesty I know who I am and there's one quote that she says to uh, to uh, convert in it and she says um, actually oh, yeah, did I write down I think I oh yeah have her then, but you're a lordly fool. She's been plucked since I saw her last, and not by you. Takes a woman to know it. Yeah, <laughs> I just love that. I do love that. I love that line. I do love that I line. Know, <laughs> <laughs> um, I shouldn't have even tried with the accent, but hey. But hey, here she, we are. Yeah. Um, so, what's your other scene? What's your the one you want oh, to mention? The other scene I really liked was a. Uh, uh, was it Mark Williams and his stutter scene? Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh, I love that scene. Because that, because that, that's again when when they're giving you what you want. Because no one's just going to be cured of a stutter, you know. Um, like, but like again, you that's what you want. You just want that. Yay! Go on, woohoo! Two households. We're lost. No, it will turn out well. How will it? I don't know. It's a mystery. Holds both alike in dignity 
in fair Verona, where we lay our seed. From ancient grudge break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life, whose misadventure piteous overthrows, doth with their death bury their parents' strife. Uh, I was so happy. Well, you know, like obviously having gone on stage and stuff before in my head, I was like, Ugh. how is he able? How is he able? Oh my God, like stage right, stage right. And then when it just came, I was like, yeah. yeah. I don't know, yeah. it just was such a like, memorable moment for me. I thought it was yeah. great. Uh, my scene would be actually, I'm going to go with that one. Um, I'm going to agree with you on that one. But my scene was going to be when Shakespeare still thinks. She's got, and I'm glad they didn't keep that going for too long because that's obviously a reference yeah. to it as well. Like, I'm glad she, like, he saw through it, like, and after the kiss, but like that scene when he's like describing um, her beauty to her. Uh, and she, I can't remember the character's name she uses. And then, like, I just love how Gwyneth Paltrow, like, uh, yes, Thomas Kent, yeah. But like, I, yeah. I, what I love most is just Gwyneth Paltrow's performance in how she's taken it all in and it's like oh my god yeah and like and what about this what about her eyes and then she just, and what 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 about her breast it's like oh her breast her i was like i was like oh and then <laughs> and then she uh, and she gets she gets kind of it's like oh okay i can't even remember what she's saying but she and then she runs off and after the kiss and then she's just like and also another part i love in that section oh and like, they were smooching each other and then the boy was there and he was like <laughs> yeah no, yeah. no but in that in that section, and it's just like he's, he's like he just kissed me, and she ran out, and um, Thomas Kent runs off. It's like oh, that's the the mistress, whatever. And like I've been bringing her here for years, and it's like, and, and he's kind of like fading. It's like oh, and the revelation. But then he's your man. It's just like no, you're you're a writer. I actually wrote a script. Uh, what not reading it, would you? It's only short. and it's like he's running off. It's only short. It's like. I think he says, I'll get you on the way back or something like that. I'm like, that's how it always goes with writers. Like there are other writers always saying, read my stuff. So I did, I really like that one. But I think for my standout scene, it's actually the this beach impediment. I'm going to go like fully with that one. But for the Judy Dench, the, the pluck line is phenomenal as well. So the, yeah, great choices. Great choices. Um, so for the final part of, of this section, Shakespeare in Love uh, won Best Picture, obviously, in 1999, the last one of the, oh, the, the 20th century. It was nominated alongside Elizabeth, Life is Beautiful, The Thin Red Line, and Saving Private Ryan. Did it deserve to win Best Picture? Oh, it did not deserve over Saving Private Ryan. You're not the only one. The whole world was screaming when that happened. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah I was, I, and by the way, Life is Beautiful is better than it. And the thin run line is better on it as well. I haven't seen Elizabeth. It's fantastic as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I, like they had a real thing for like Judy Dench plays the same Elizabeth as um Kat, Kate, as Kate Blanchett plays in Elizabeth. They're the same one. And the, the best pictures and they're not at the same time. Thin Red Line, World War Thin Red Line is, is Vietnam, is it? I is think so, yeah. Yeah. No, wait. Yeah, I think it is Vietnam. Yeah. But war films, with and and life is beautiful is set in uh, a concentration camp. So like there, there was a, a certainly a theme happening um, that year. But like it's all down to I was I was watching a lot of videos, um, and like reading a lot of stuff over the last while um, about this. Like this is what was stuck in my head. Why I didn't want to watch Shakespeare in Love is because of Harvey Weinstein, 
and he did this with the English patient, but he wasn't the I guess the executive producer because he didn't actually get the Oscar for it, whoever did um, got it that year, but he was as uh, poignant in getting it the um getting the best picture but like he put up a campaign um to and this happens the whole time but like he really went next level to get shakespeare in love it he used to bring screenings to um retirement homes where even people that were life support were were there and he'd, he'd make sure that they were in a position to watch it and then vote for his movie um if people were going on holidays he would um, like voting people, like whether he's, I was reading it today, if they were in Aspen, he'd make sure it was screening for two weeks while they were in Aspen. If they were in Hawaii, he'd make sure it was screening for the two weeks they were in Hawaii. Uh, and he used to use his influence to put like Gwyneth Paltrow and whoever like on the um, on the front of uh, of every magazine to get their eyes out there. He put it out saying that Saving Private Ryan, it's only the first 20 minutes that's it unfortunately saving private and also um for home screening um because academy members can get it sent to their house as well like saving private ryan doesn't have the same thing unless it's in the cinema it it still does it's still such a strong movie but it doesn't have the same thing unlike shakespeare in love which you can watch anywhere and it's also easier to watch and also like artists whether it's you're producing it or whatever like we you know we're fairly love when people like write stuff about ourselves so like Shakespeare love is all about the process and that tends to do well but like everyone's seen you know it's it's because of him they won this and they did like a a vote or whatever way you want to like a survey of academy members and they said if they could vote again it would go to Saving Private Ryan Um, because Saving Private Ryan is a film actually I've only ever seen the first 20 minutes separately and like the last maybe 45 minutes or so of it because it was put it was on one it was like 10 12 years ago and um the scene where the very very slow stabbing happens um that is the scene that came on like immediately and i was like i can't watch this film <laughs> do you know what i mean i can't it's going to take a lot of that and i watched obviously the rest of the film like that made me be like i can't, this is so real it did like it it still like affects you when i think about it and for, what's that <laughs> no, I wasn't nine or ten. I said like ten years ago. Yeah, you were very young. I was very young. <laughs> um, but like, mate, it's it's like a film I know, and if I obviously if it wouldn't be best picture, I would be watching it now. But like, yeah. life is beautiful is better, and like that's what I'm saying. These films, it's in like changed the landscape of cinema at least for the preceding couple of years or whatever way. Like, they're they're iconic in how they did what they did, and just Shakespeare in love isn't it's clever it's very good they did a they made a very good film but if you're comparing it to any of these films i i don't know about elizabeth so i can't talk on that but saving private ryan thin red line and life is beautiful you're at a loss there's just no argument i don't think to say how it should um, that it won at all and um that's just it i think yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it just didn't deserve to be that up there. But it was a well-made film, and it had a great cast. And, yeah, yeah. And to finish us off with our first place for the bracket, nineteen ninety-nine till nineteen ninety-seven. Um, Alicia Gabrielle, uh, sorry, <laughs> Gabriel, Alicia Gabrielle Moraid, Alicia Gabrielle Moraid Gerard. What is your first place? And the Oscar goes to 
Titanic. Titanic. A 17-year-old aristocrat falls in love with a kind but poor artist around the luxurious, ill-fated RMS Titanic. Titanic won 11 Oscars, won an additional 112 awards in all film festivals around the world and nominated for a further 83. I'm not even going to ask you to uh, have a stab at the 11 it won, so I'm just going to name them. Is that, is that okay? They're okay? Yeah. That's okay. Uh, obviously, Best Picture, uh, Best Director, James Cameron, Best Cinematography, Russell Carpenter, uh, Best Art Direction, Set Direction, Peter Lamont and Michael Ford, Best Costume Design, Deborah Lynn Scott, Best Sound, Gary Reinstrom, Tom Johnson, Gary Summers, Mark Alano, Best Film Editing, uh, Conrad Buff, Sixth, Ivy, what's that? Fifth? Uh, I'm going to go fifth. Yeah. Uh, no, Conrod... Ivy is fourth. fourth. Ivy is fourth, okay. Uh, Conrad Buff, the fourth. Uh, James Cameron, uh, Richard A. Harris. Uh, best effects, uh, sound effects, editing, Tom Belfast, uh, Christopher Boys. Best effects, visual effects, uh, Robert Legato, Mark A. Lascott, Thomas L. Fisher, Michael Camfer. Best music, original song, uh, James Horner and Will. Jennings, Best Music, uh, Original Dramatic Score, James Horner. Nominated, uh, Best Actress in Leading Role, Kate Winslet. Best Actress in a Sporting Role, Gloria Stewart. Best Makeup, Tin, Tina Earnshaw, Greg Canom, Simon Thompson. And here's a couple of fun facts for you. Um, after finding out that she had to be naked in front of Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet decided to break the ice. And when they first met, she flashed them. In the scene where the water comes, uh, where the water comes crashing into the grand staircase room, the filmmakers had only one shot at it because the entire set and furnishings were going to be destroyed. Uh, James Cameron went on 12 dives to the real Titanic himself and found it an overwhelming emotional experience to actually see the sunken ship. During his first trip, he was so goal-orientated that he managed to film the shots he wanted. But as soon as he was back on the surface, he broke down into tears after finally realizing the magnitude of the historic tragedy that he had just witnessed. He ended up spending more time with this ship than its living passengers did. Reportedly, James Cameron spoke... You can get an extra fact. Uh, reportedly, James Cameron spoke to and personally provided each of the extras, at least 150 of them, with names and backstories of the Titanic passengers. So there you go, Titanic, your first place. Yeah, so had you had seen this before, I presume. Oh, yeah, I saw this yeah. years ago. I've seen this film about five or six times, maybe. Can you remember the first time you saw it? Can you remember where you saw it? Or? Um, do I? The same little house I saw Matilda in. But I think I was... Uh, I think I was maybe 10 when I saw this. Yeah. No, it had to be after it came out in the cinema and it was on TV. So yeah. Yeah. Cause it came out when I was six. So yeah, I think about, yeah. 10. Mm. I was ten. Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess I, this is the first time I've watched it in, I saw it when it got brought out again, in like 2012, um, 2013 around that time, went on a date to, to see it. And, uh, didn't spend much time watching it and then um when i watched it this time <laughs> when i watched it this time i was like i was really paying attention i was watching it with my family and i was like there's so much stuff i didn't pick up on because i think the reason is i was look when i when it, like i think it's a problem with anyone who's you know into whether you're an actor or maybe whatever that you tend to put yourself in a role you, you feel you 
would be playing or the the main like your age or whatever like that role so like, i'd be mostly focused on the leader leonardo DiCaprio role right but like when you're looking at it just as wide as as the film is like the whole thing kate winslet is one of the best actors who has ever lived she is, I think she's like 22 in this film. And it's her second nomination, actually. She was nominated for Sense and Sensibility the year before, or a couple of years before. Um, she is magnificent. And the journey she goes on with this character as being this, you know, up, what do I want to say, uptight, but like the, the, the way she was raised. Yeah, upper class to like to be married off to the highest bidder sort of guy, sort of thing, and then to be in that ship and to follow, and you can feel her falling in love. You you get everything, and also something I'd never realized, never really picked up that she was seventeen in any of the previous time I watched it. Um, but when the whole thing of like I and by, by the way, I think someone the same person who was mad about English Patient hates. Billy Zane in this. How do you feel about Billy Zane in this? Do you like it? I think he's amazing. Well, I hate his character. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I think he's brilliant at it. Yeah, he's so amazing in this. And I feel he should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I don't know who else was. Maybe that's why. But I didn't realize that, like, there was a big kind of subplot about her losing her virginity as well. Because he's like in that scene when he flips a table um, and you, you will be, you know, I will have what's mine. Give me, you know, and I, I never, re- I didn't get what that, I didn't really get that. And then I was like, Oh my God, it's about a virginity. And then she loses her virginity to deliver her life then in the back of the car. And it, like, that makes that scene even more special, you know? Yeah. And like, there's so many iconic, and he, like uh, this was mentioned in the previous episode um, with Paul O'Neill, that like when a film is satires satired so much, it shows how good it is. And like when you're really paying attention with the hand on the screen, and obviously we I was a kid as well when this came out, so I only saw it mostly being made fun of without even really getting it. Do you know what I mean? Without understanding why it was special. Then you're like, all these things, all these little moments that happen in it that was made fun of are like when you're watching it in the grand scheme of the film, this is why it's special, you know? Yeah. And like this film is special. And Kate Winslet's performance in this is special and her relationship. And I can just completely understand why Leonardo DiCaprio wasn't, because Leonardo DiCaprio was nominated, was a dreamboat in it. Was like, he was a, per- he, like, he's a perfect man. Do you know, he's smart. He's clever. He's kind, good looking guy. Do you know, every like the, every like 17 year old girl's dream. And he is that. So like, there's no real substance to his character. Do you know, we didn't have the most difficult time, I'd say, getting into character. Well, Kate Winslet had to create this whole person. So like, I can understand. Like, he does it brilliantly. I'm not taking anything away. But like, I can understand why he wasn't nominated and why she was and maybe even should have won. But um, sorry, I'm going on my own lovely tangent here. <laughs> How much I, I love this film. But... It's, a great, it's a great take on it. <laughs> what, what made you give it number, like, what put it ahead of even Shakespeare in Love and to a less extent, English Patient? Okay, so going back to what I had said about like um, being picky about romance situations. Mm. Uh, with this particular film, I found that their romance wasn't over the top because of the fact that there was such a big thing going on. Mm. And that in fact propelled them even more. Um, 
propelled their story even more, you know, and made the the whole ticking clock idea even more sort of like dramatic. And Mm. because there was like fighting for your life while there was this love story going on, I found it to be far more digestible, um, first Mm. of all, than Mm. just these lovers that are always on top of each other the whole time. You know, I just find (laughs) I just find that there was way more meaning in this you know yeah. obviously even the car scene like you mentioned like that's you know one moment where it's like okay they've 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 picked this moment at this place at this time in their lives where this will happen rather than mm-hmm. it being something that we're that they're over generous with you know what I mean because obviously mm-hmm. there's something else going on and yeah. so your attention is brought to them my attention was brought to them of course because they're the leads but everything around them and the stories of everyone else involved, I just thought, yeah, I thought every single character had such substance there, you know, mm. such substance. And like, as I, as I got older and then to see it in adulthood in comparison to when I was younger, sort of seeing the layers of these characters um, really drew me in again, all over again, you know, and actually because I'd gotten, because of like, the, it's so sad. I mean, you know, I was in bits yeah. over it, like yeah. even when I first saw it, you know, I was actually dreading like that happening again. Like it's mm. so, it, it just pulled me in so much emotionally. And then just the whole, um, the fact that it's, it's, I mean, the sea, it's like they're sinking, you know what I mean? It's a massive uh, cataclysmic mm. event, you know what I mean? And with that going on, yeah, I think it's just far more emotionally um, affecting me than, and than the other two films, you know? I think I completely agree. And for the fact that like, we, we, if you want to compare it to Shakespeare and Love, uh, sorry, to English Patient first. Um, first of all, the love story is is more interesting, um, yeah. and, and the obstacles that are put up are more compelling. Um, but also, all the side characters are far more interesting. All the sporting characters, you want, you don't care who's talking at any time. You are compelled by everyone. Shakespeare and Love. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of fun happening in that. Uh, Okay, I can't really compare it to Shakespeare Love. In order, it's just a better film. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just like Shakespeare. We gave out enough about Shakespeare Love in the last one, but like if the easier one to do is English Basin because it's it's a love story set in a in a horrible time in history, World War Two, Titanic. Yeah, just with, with the side characters, with every with everything that's going on, and especially when the ship's going down, and the focus isn't always on the couple. You know, uh, yeah. even though a lot of it is, but like even though some of it doesn't make sense of how she would, like if you're going by the like really nitpicking of how she knew all this stuff was going on when she wasn't there and she's telling the story, but that's such a non point to bring up anyway. Like, I don't give a shit about that. How they create, how James Cameron, and again, like it got, it deserves all the rewards it got because he recreated Titanic. He created like in, and you can tell, like he said, like he was weeping, when he actually realized the magnitude of what had happened when he came up from, from below, you can feel his love and his care and everything for this film. And it's just a masterpiece. I think it, it, it gets a bit of a bad rap because um, I think the love story is like the crux of it, but then you're like, mm-hmm. they had to do something. They had to put something in there to, to keep the plot moving, unless it's just a yeah, document. The whole thing is shot on a ship, you know, yeah. I mean, you have to drag three hours out of that. Like, you know? yeah. I mean, and like they're they're wonderful actors. yeah like wonderful actors and like it's compelling but I, also I think what role people in the, like was annoying people it was in cinemas for ten months 
you know, and the advertising campaign going on throughout and that song. Do you know, I can understand why people like were graded by it at the time. I can only kind of yeah. remember when it was out, but like it was not film. Yeah, do you know? And like, and then you kind of have that in the back of your mind, but then you rewatch it like this film is just like, for, like I'm saying, a spectacle is is what will get you the best picture i think and also if it's a game changing this is uh, or like a very special story a small story very special um this is game change like this was as a spectacle like i saying he created they built the titanic do you know they yeah. you felt every second you felt every life there was no moment lost when when they're at the the side of a ship and like um and like the kids are going in and like the the dad oh, like I'm gonna weep like even thinking about this when she's like um I was he says like um daddy daddy no 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 he's like no no this is for mummies and and, and children's daddy's ship is coming soon and on daddy's and he's like he knows he's going to die do you know and it's just, yeah, it's just with such a terrifying event I think anyway the subject matter alone would put would put the film you know obviously yeah. created right yeah. those two combined i mean uh you know you can't argue that that it's the best to me that it's the best film <laughs> um, everyone everyone you, uh, thank you for making this decision <laughs> thank you for making putting that <laughs> yes that's it and that's that's what i think <laughs> uh, no, but it's 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 not just love between these two it's love of families it's love of mm-hmm. like you know children and and, and parents it's you know, there's just so much going on in the film, and yes, yes, it's centered on them. But I really do think that um, the other characters and what happens with them, and even the captain at the moment with the captain, um, the, love, the love, the love of his ship, and and the love of the people, and oh my god, it was just so. But then you know, you weren't just like crying all the time because you were still like, go faster, Rose, get the axe. God damn it, go and get the axe. You can't stand there. You can't stand there. There's water filling up all around you. It's freezing cold. You're going to die. Go and get the damn thing and get him out of there. You know, you're just so with her. And then there's like, yeah. And the little moments that they put in as well, like when when she doesn't just go out and find that axe, she sees someone else and like running by, help, help, I need help. And then like your man grabs her and it's like no no we better go up you better go but it's like no no, no let, let me and then she punches him and you're like this is this is how far she's coming this is how much she's learning like to be a bit more like jack to be a bit more like a, like a human like letting your emotions out and he's like well screw you or whatever so little moments like that and um i love like the little even the little logos of comedy they put in for example like he has the thing over the bar it's like okay practice on that that like that press it's like okay try to hit the same spot and she completely misses and he's she like, closes her eyes as well. Yeah. And he's just like, and he's like, good enough. Okay, come on. It's <laughs> just like, oh. And he says so calm. And do you know what I, I didn't realize as well? And I, I did it reminded me more so. Like he said when when um Victor, I would say Victor Hugo, what's his name? Victor uh, uh, Victor Garber, Garber. Yeah, Victor Garber. When he uh he he plays uh, Thomas Murdoch and he's like an hour maybe two and I, I remember like maybe the first time I saw it I was so young that felt like it was a long time but I was like how can they go from everyone it's a perfectly safe wonderful time they're having on the ship in an hour or an hour and a half you're like majority you're going to die it sends the audience into shock I was sent into shock an hour like and the, the evacuate everyone and like oh it's it's and it's it's told with a breakneck uh, speed, and then when the moment like when she's 
when like uh what's his oh, dude, by the way Cal who was played by um uh, Billy Zane who I would give not give anything I would love if he had a, a better career out. I don't know what career he's had like we have barely even seen him he's so oh, yeah. good in this yeah he's so good in this and I do think like again I don't know why he wasn't nominated for anything it must have been a stellar year for the supporting actors but like do you think he did care about her? I think is in his own little messed up way he did. Yeah, that's what makes it so much more compelling because I do I like in his fucked up there's, there's a shift though, like there's a time where he actually loses, I feel loses all respect for her. You know, I, I feel like he cares about her, but he loses respect for her like towards the end. Because obviously, like, I mean, if he cared for her enough, he'd be able to let it go, but he still pursues Jack and tries to you know, kill him. I, so I think that's more so he he's obsessed with winning, you know, or at yeah. least not losing. So but like for example, when he puts her in the lifeboat to get her off the ship, like and doesn't do anything at that point it's like not doing anything about himself. I'm like mm. he does obviously he does maybe he's like I'm definitely gonna live and then when he's dead I'll get her maybe that's what he's thinking. I'll get her on, on the other side because he at that point he's like I'll definitely survive. But like he does, well, he's maybe, the guy the money as well. You know, he's paid off yeah, this. That's well, right. He yes, he thinks that he's going to get on this boat, so he thinks he's totally safe. He's doing this really heroic act for Rose, and oh. he's just going to slaughter Jack. Then, and to me, I think I don't think there's a sincerity in that. But I do think that there was a sincerity somewhere beneath all those horrible layers. Um, earlier in the film, you know, I think it's when he kind of realized like that she's probably left with him. Yes, uh, yes. That she, that he probably just feels like he wants to win, but it's not in a way of like, mm. I want to win her. It's that I want to win to keep my, you know, to keep my ego fed, you know. Yes. And I really, I really do think that was such a, I remember just feeling like, yeah. when I started doing yeah. that. I also love you the know? moment when, like, uh, he's such, like, he's such a bastard. Like, when he's just like, get off me, with wines, or whatever, all the sort of stuff. But when he's on the boat, when he, everyone's rescued, the ship's gone down, and, like, someone gives him um, a flask of whiskey to drink, and, like, he's there with, like, the third class, and he drinks it, and I'm just like... Coward. Yeah, he's such a... Uh, you mean a child. You mean a child. child. She's all I have. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, I, I did not favor him at all, but I but I loved his performance. Yes, he was so scary. Why, you know? yeah. He really has such a face of like when he flips that. I know I referenced it just before when he flipped the table and it's like I will have what's how his voice, the texture of his voice is just phenomenal as well. If you uh, of the more supporting characters, so we we've covered uh, Billy Zane, Kate Winslet, uh, absolutely just magnificent. But we covered that, and Leo DiCaprio did a great job of being just himself. Um, who anyone else stand out for you? Um, oh, Kathy Bates. Oh, Kathy. the unthinkable Molly Brown. Yeah, you know, the reason she stands out to me more than she ever did because when I was younger, she didn't. Because I just feel like when you're younger, you don't have that empathy, you know, like you would do as an adult, perhaps, or you don't have that appreciation for just soundness, you know what yeah. I mean? You're, you're kind of like, oh, she's nice, but the fact that she just throughout the whole thing showed such, um, sincere kindness and oh just non-judgmental she was like the link between them as well I find you know she was the link because obviously she 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 didn't come from money she made money um because they were on a mine or something her family 
I can't. I, yeah, think so. that, I think that's what it was that they were poor. I could be wrong, but I think they were on a mine and uh, they ended up being like paid massively for this. Yeah. And so she wasn't used to the world of the upper class. She was just looking like it, you know? And yeah. so she was that connection. And I loved how she helped Jack, gave him the suit, you know? And then even when she was on the boat at the end, she was like, we need to go back. Yeah. We have enough space, you know, for the others. Like there are, pe- there are people in the water, mm-hmm. like, and we're here, you know? And she just never loses face, like, you know? And I just think that's so incredible. Just a little light of like, especially uh, in comparison to Ruth, you know, when you see Ruth and uh, Rose's mother, so cold and coarse and mean and just the contrast between those two particularly at the end when she realizes she's lost her daughter because of her own well not necessarily because of but now it's like oh shit I should have been nicer to my daughter and to see the Kathy Bates uh, character in that like she just keeps that wonderful kindness about her yeah she's I think she's a very special character um, I agree and why make Titanic such a special movie too and why you actually did right and put the number one is that every single character you completely understand every single decision they make it's it's backed up the only one i would say is not my is a bit like oh, he's going a bit far for his job is the henchman um uh oh, Billy. yeah yeah i think at some point he should have just gone fuck you i'm going i would have liked that if he gave up at some point um, because they didn't see uh, with uh, Cal. Yeah, Cal, that's a joke. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe someone else will like had more incentive to be yeah. that to, to sacrifice himself that much, yeah, to find her. Um, you know, even when the ship was, I'd say he had some serious riches promised to him. He, he must have, because I was like, I would have been like, fuck off. I would even liked, I know, Th- um, oh no, it's not Thomas Murdoch, um, shot himself. Who. Who did Victor Garber play then? It was Murdoch, uh, Thomas right? Andrews. Thomas Andrews. Andrews, sorry. Murdoch Andrews. shot himself. Yeah. Which didn't happen in real life. Uh, Murdoch never shot himself. He lived uh, afterwards. He gave chief testimony. Him and Lightoller uh, gave were the chief. Anyway, but um, when I would have liked a moment like that where his henchman turned his back on him. Um, that would have been nice. But uh, he can't have everything. But like again, I think it's a spot on choice. And for you, what is your standout scene? Okay, so... My sta- okay, uh, okay. I have a standout scene that is happy and a standout scene that's sad. Can I do both? But, but I'll tell you that I tell you number one. Okay, okay. You have to. You can tell me both, but you have to pick one. The one, the one, the one, the one for me is the dancing in the lower decks. Okay, because that is fun and games and it is it is the essence of their vibrancy their very short vibrant relationship um you know which which soon declines into turmoil um you know obviously not the relationship but the situation around it um but then enjoying themselves you know that's i I love if that moment didn't happen i really feel joe we wouldn't care so much about them parting because think of, think about the little time we had to, to see their connection and then build together. Mm. You know, mm. I think that's such an important scene. Yeah, I agree. I, and I, I adore that scene. I love um, when she, I'm going to dance with her now. You're still my girl, Cora. And she's like, and she's so cute. And she's like, okay. And then, <laughs> and then like you boys think you're tough. And then she stands on there on her tippy toes. Oh, and, and I listen, nice. I listen. Uh, that's part of my gym uh my workout is the 
uh, you want to go to a real party? And then it's the music. The I love that. I love that song. And uh, I love that downstairs. I love the, the... And I also love how Jack handles himself in, like, he's a, he handles himself like a pro in, in her world, and then she handles herself like a pro in his world. Like, they're absolutely star-crossed lovers meant to be together. Uh, like Romeo and Juliet, and one of them dies. So kind of like Romeo and Juliet. Well, they both died then. It, I mean, if it was acceptable in those days to have that kind of situation once you shaped up and that, you know, you were sound and you could, you know, walk the walk, Jesus, yeah. they'd be flying. Yeah. You know, they'd be uh, flying. They'd be flying. So what is your, what's your, what's your sad scene? I think I have a feeling that your sad scene could be the same as my sad scene. It's the end, like. Oh, the very, very end. Okay, that's not mine. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I think just the raft scene that the, it's just for me. Oh, even really? even even the even the it's not even a raft is it what is it like a painting or something it's a drawer it's like a closet drawer, yeah. uh, drawer. Yeah, there's so many so many arguments like there's room on that for him um <laughs> they did admit most yeah. was on it and there wasn't room james cameron uh, even came down it couldn't have happened but anyway sorry okay okay well fair but for me that was just so sad like i mean it really i was staying with me for like two weeks after i watched it this time around joe honestly mm-hmm. I was actually thinking about it for like two. It was so sad. And it's not just the sadness, but like everything around it just, it felt like even though she was to live on and everything was preserved in that wonderful time that they had together, it felt like such a loss of hope. And it felt like with the, with the grading even and the colors and the darkness and, you know, it just, yeah. I mean, that scene is iconic and as, as, cliche as it is that one yeah. i can't help but put that up there um yeah. i just thought that, that was so effective i mean i was convulsing crying like and i don't really cry at films i think my yeah. girl titanic and maybe just a couple of others you know inside out uh, <laughs> but yeah this particular yeah. scene for me was although it's horrible i, I really thought it was an amazing yeah. scene the way it was done yeah yeah, no, absolutely. I've, it, no, and it is. It choked me up this time watching it as well. I think just when you're a bit older, more mature, and you realize the gravity of the whole situation and how much they cared for each other and how much they loved each other and how how he sacrificed himself for her and how this was a real story and all these people are dead around them and stuff like that. I, yeah, it it actually it, it well it did well me up uh, when I was watching it the most recent time too. But for me, my standout scene is the. Um, I think the song is "Oh God." It's it's oh, the. I know the one the the orchestra. Uh, when the, the quartet, yeah, when they're playing and um and it goes around to the to the, all the rooms with the and people drowning and oh, and oh you know, yeah the not the asterisks the Google names no I can't remember and um. And just, uh, I just, when the mother's with her kids and she's just like, and the little bigs, you'll be going down. It's like, they're going to die soon. They're going to die soon. Do you know? And it's only about, it's a very short scene um, and there's no words in it. And it's just before, I think it's just before the captain dies. And it's like, this is so destroying. So, so destroying. Yeah, and so uh, acceptance. Like there's nothing else they can do. And, yeah. That's, yeah. That's it. That's it.
And so they lived happily together for 300 years in the land of Tirnanog, land of eternal youth and beauty. But um, to see us out on this, Titanic won, um, is the first place here, Woo! and was also first place in 1998, where it was nominated alongside As Good As It Gets, The Full Monty, Goodwill Hunting, and LA Confidential. That was a great year. That was a great year. Did it deserve to win Best Picture? Huh? <laughs> Did it deserve to win Best Picture? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I mean, look at it. All the effects and the work that went in. I mean, and yeah. the masterpiece of making that story interesting for three and a half hours and making it fly for three and a half hours phenomenal. Um, and I also think they did the best way of doing it by having it being told with by Rose and having it like set in modern day and then looking back. I think that was the best way to do it. I will say, as good as it gets, is one of my favorite films. And, in, and Jack Nicholson, that was his most recent, probably his last ever Oscar win um, in that. He is superb. Helen Hunt won that year as well. I f- love that film. Watch it again. I may, I, every time I get an opportunity, I get people to watch it. It's one of my favorite comedies. Superb film. And I'd recommend it now if you haven't seen it. It does, it, it's, it doesn't, it's, could be said anytime. Do you know what I mean? It, it hasn't aged at all. It's wonderful. Full Monty, uh, a sleeper hit. I remember hearing the, uh, Robert Carlyle saying in an interview that he thought it was going to go straight to DVD uh, or straight to video. He said there looked like there was rows going on. It wasn't going to end up anywhere. Um, so like, I haven't seen that film in years. An amazing film. Uh, Good Will Hunting, a superb Robin Williams Oscar, obviously in that won the Oscar for that. Incredible. Oh, I that. Yeah. I saw that in life too. I saw that only maybe about three years ago. Oh yeah. Just amazing. Just so gorgeous, so perfect. Ella Confidential, seen it once, really excellent film. Uh, pretty kind of standard crime drama, 
but like only standard now because a lot of people copied it since. Uh, but excellent film, really, really strong year. But I completely agree with you, Titanic, for everything that happened, for how they made you feel every inch of everything, and how there was not a moment when, the, yeah. yeah, like remember when the priest is like the ship is about to tip over and he's he's giving people like I guess the last rites, I'm not sure, whatever. That that was like one time I was like, um, I was like, okay, with a priest, Do you know, I was like, yeah, priests are fine. <laughs> you know like little, but like little moments there was not a not a second spared there was constant history being shot out everywhere and i was so good with that so good with that elisa gerard i have to say you were spot on um i would definitely no arguments there on that now i have to ask you i put up a poll earlier on today mm-hmm. asking people to vote on what they felt the order would be or in the preference of the world uh, let me just see. Uh, we got 26 votes. Oh my god! On the on the new Acting Joe Pod uh, Twitter site. Um, get in there. And what way do you think it went? Do you think you got a spot on, or would you change anything for the public? Or like maybe I'm just all in my own head right now. But I do feel like I do feel like Titanic should be what number one. Just I mean, mm-hmm. in, in the grand scheme of things, definitely. I mean, even if the other two are beloved films for many i maybe for your one friend though you know <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah i think i think that should be number one yeah um see the english patient and shakespeare in love it's so hard between those two uh i don't know i'm feeling like the english patient somehow made it to two and shakespeare in love one or sorry no. uh, three sorry so so you're what are you saying then? Just give me your so order. Titanic, uh, Titanic one. Yeah. The English Patient two. Yeah. Shakespeare in Love three. Cool. With eight percent in third place, obviously, is Shakespeare in Love. With nineteen percent, The English Patient, and with a whopping like uh, incredible seventy three percent, the public went with Titanic. They did exactly the same as me. God damn. God damn. So yeah, that is it. Yeah, that was it was amazing to have you on. And before you head off, first of all, have you got any film recommendations for people? Did you want them to check out or one that's very, very popular that is because I'm a big sci-fi head and love it very much. People have probably seen it already, but if you haven't, I would say watch The Martian, because I love The Martian. It's a great yeah, that is another three-hour epic. Well, epic, like, but it's a three-hour film that you are hooked. I only watched that a couple of, uh, I've seen it in the cinema, but I watched it a, a month or two ago uh, for the first time in ages, and that film is Matt Damon. Bang, spot on. I love Matt. Oh, my yeah. God, he is just incredible. And there's spuds, and I won't there's, say why, but there's, are you spuds. there's spuds on Mars. Yeah, great shout out yep uh, Martian for me check out uh, as good as it gets and now once I finish this I'll in a couple of weeks time I'm going to give my like another film you should check out or a TV series that's what I do but like right now as Joe is currently 30 and saying watch as good as it gets after you watch The Martian <laughs> uh, so Alicia where can all the folks here find you oh uh, on uh, on my Instagram huh which is <laughs> like hang on wait i am alicia <laughs> gerard literally i yeah. am alicia gerard and you can have, have a look on uh, joe's joe's a friend of mine he follows yep. me for now 
For now. <laughs> so if you just put I am, I'm sure something will come up there. It'll come up immediately. Will pop up. Huh? Huh? Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it, Joe. No problem at all. And you can find me on at Acting Joe on Twitter, at Theatre Shadow for my theatre company on Twitter as well, and at Joe Talks Pod for this particular show on Twitter. On Instagram, it's at Joe Talks Pod again for this show, at Joe Your Own Way for me, and at Theatre Shadow for my theatre company. And then on Facebook, please find me at at Little Shadow Theatre Company on Facebook and give us a like there and show your support. Please go to my YouTube channel by searching Joe O'Neill and check out my videos, give them a like, subscribe to my channel and also rank them as well. Let me know what way you'd rank them. If you want to get in contact with the show, it's joetalkspod at gmail.com or you can go through the various social media sites which I mentioned. Please uh, find Alicia on Instagram. Please give her a follow. Um, she's a tremendous actor. You have something coming up soon or am I allowed to, are you allowed to talk about it? Um, uh maybe we keep it on the quiet for now it's okay. a, it's a, an apple tv gig though we'll say apple plus tv gig apple um, plus. And just actually on that rock a sheep i should mention because we're going to film oh, <laughs> yes that's a big one <laughs> uh, so if you're, if you're looking to have your film distributed finished films we're looking for feature films from all over the world you can follow rock a sheep it's just rock or o-c-k uh s-h-e-e-p like the sheep um on instagram or on facebook Beautiful. And do that. I have followed them as well. Um, wonderful bunch of people, including Alicia, who is the god of everything. Um, official. <laughs> no, seriously, Alicia, um, huge admirer. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been amazing. You were worried you wouldn't be able to talk for 90 minutes and we're here at two hours and 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, we'll see where we are post-edit. Like, you could be hearing this and we could be four minutes into the show when I'm saying this. Uh, <laughs> But it's been brilliant uh, and guys please find Alicia and all our stuff and um, be legends have a lovely week and I'll see you next week where my guests will be uh, playwright Lee Coffey thanks guys talk to you there bye um, so that's the show thanks so much again for tuning in and please follow Alicia and all her social media sites and find us and all our social media sites and uh, just be super sound and to check them all out. Um, very much appreciated. And please help the channel grow by sharing on sharing this podcast to any friends that might be interested. And also by following us on Spotify, giving us a review, a positive, a positive review on um, on iTunes and uh, whatever streaming service you're on. If you're able to give a, a review or anything that can help us out, please do so because every little helps, especially for a growing podcast with no money. Speaking of no money. Go support us on Patreon by finding us at Joe Talks Pod on Patreon. Um, my film recommendation for the week I recently rewatched for about the million time in, was In Bruges, which I will probably recommend every week because it is my favorite film and it's just got everything. It's heartbreaking when it needs to be, it's hilarious when it needs to be. Incredible performance by everyone, um, perfectly paced, like incredibly well put together script. And um, payoffs everywhere. And also, I don't want to say anything about the ending, but it just, it's for it's very rare you find a comedy, even as dark as it is, still a comedy, I guess, at heart, that is so effortlessly rewatchable and you find something new every time. So, in Bruges, a hundred million times, watch in Bruges. Uh, but I guess we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, please find us on all the social medias, like I said. Um, subscribe to my YouTube channel at Joe O'Neill. And find Alicia on all her social media sites as well.